holiday season and we're back at it. Sorry for that break, everybody. I'm going to just come up right at the top and just say, hey, we're we're back. We just uh, had Thanksgiving. We took a little hiatus, but we're back. This is everybody. Welcome in. The water feels good. <laughs> we are in the holidays. We are in the thick of it. You know, if you've been listening, your boy's been not a huge fan of the fall season, but now we are in the full swing of it. We're even entering winter a little bit. I'm wearing a long sleeve. It is getting the highs today was 67 today for me, <laughs> which I'm sure everybody else out there, it's probably a hell of a lot colder. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but for where I'm living, it is chilly. <laughs> but hey, this is the Polarized Podcast. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're, we're talking movies again. We're back at it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let's get into it. So, uh, you know what? Before I ask how you're doing, because I do want to know, Jim. James, but let me just say the format. <laughs> this is a plan. <laughs> well, wait, before, is... before we even do that, before you oh, even do God. that, I know, I know that was, I, just, I know that I was so dramatic. Say, no, I just, I, just, I just gotta say that this is where we do polarize. I know we don't, me and Brandon don't polar, polarize. I'm using it as a verb. We don't, <laughs> yeah, we're we don't, polarizing. We don't polar, we're not very, like me and him, but yep. I, I mean, I am a I am a fall winter guy these days in my in my life, and this is where we are uh, a little little uh, opposed on or, uh, or polarized. Not opposed. There's no battle here, but we just uh, we're polarized on this. We're polarized, baby. Okay, this. you know what? Before we get into the format, then what do you like about what? Uh, okay, describe to me what is so good about fall and then, and then so are you more? Do you differentiate between fall and winter? Where I mean, both of us are in. Uh, Southern California, so we don't really have any seasons, but I mean, I guess uh, for us, I would say probably winter for us is like January through February, mm -hmm. and then it starts to break through a little bit um, halfway through um, March, like back half of March, maybe um, starts getting into um, spring. Yeah, it's just been, but, it's it's so hot for so long, I feel like, and mm -hmm. uh, I feel like at a certain point, I just want it to cool down. And when it starts to, it like gets really cozy for me, like especially in California. Yeah. It's not like uh, right. so detrimental that you're it's, it's snowy outside and you can't go out. I mean, certain parts of California, naturally we're talking about SoCal surfer dudes over. over here. <laughs> yeah, We're a couple um, of SoCal surfer dudes, but uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty darn sunny out here in, in Los Angeles. And uh, it gets pretty kind of uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Maybe, San Diego, you're a little close to the, I mean, LA, there's beaches too, but you're, you're kind of closer to the beach and maybe a little more temperate where, where you are. Yeah. And that, that's, uh -huh. that's nice. But, um, yeah, yeah, it gets so hot and everything when it starts to cool down, it's like very well, I, I welcome it a lot and I, mm. I get very, very excited, um, for that, for that moment. But this has been the weather report that we always do at the top of every podcast. Oh, I know this um, is uh, this, this is, is our this new is, segment. So we don't our, do this segments. Is our small yeah. talk that we that we that we mm -hmm. fit in and everything because it's just yeah. Uh, it's like I'm on a fucking Google Hangout right now talking to. A, <laughs> I'm I'm on I'm doing work shit. I know you slip right in. Yeah, you slip right into that. Oh my god, because you have that conversation <laughs> so frequently, and it's yeah. funny because I like why i love tiktok is it gets me the algorithm's really good and um there you know there's just uh there 
yeah, it just connected me with creators on that platform that were like stereotyping um, corporate work culture and the shit that just is like so silly and stupid. Like, and you don't do that with like people you care about necessarily. Like you definitely do it with family, like talking about the weather, or just like bullshitting or whatever. But um, there's just a performative aspect to it. That's just really funny to comment on. Cause yeah, you just like, if you're yeah. meeting somebody for the first time and, and like, and then the goal is to work together efficiently as quickly as possible like you just open up with typically the same you know couple of openers and you just you know kind of get a feeling to what their attitude is and then you just jump right into it and yeah like that's kind of what we're doing right here and so I just mean, yeah we're, we're, I guess, we're checking the temperature of the room we're seeing how each other's doing and yeah, how we're doing yeah, exactly and uh <laughs> um you know it's also been kind of informing our our choice of movies maybe not this one in particular but you know we did the whole kind of like halloween thing and then yeah. Um, yeah. Probably do some some holiday stuff here here coming up as as well. Um, but yeah, it, people might be might be lost right now if, if this is your first time joining us. But you generally, yeah, you probably get the idea that yeah, we talk about movies. We're, we're talking about. I uh, said it. Yeah. We're talking about Robin. Yeah. You you, you nailed it. Yeah, I got it. But, I got it. Oh, you nailed it. I was just gonna <laughs> I was just gonna add I was just gonna add on okay. that with the, the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing. It's like when they uh, once. One side is fresh, one side is rotten. That's that's our rules. You you have your audiences and you got you got your critics and uh, one side likes it, one side hates it. One side is fresh, one side is rotten, and that's how the the tomatoes work in this in this world of uh, of the polar kingdom, as we like to call it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, Brandon is you. James is me. I am, I, I am Brandon. That is James. Uh, we are uh, uh, the hosts of this podcast, and let me just say, it has this kind podcast, of like a Tarzan Jane sort of feel our name. I mean, Brandon James. Brand, yeah, Brandon James. <laughs> Brandon James. Tarzan. Brandon James. Brandon. James. That's I know. That's kind I'm, of our dynamic too, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Hmm, okay. I hadn't thought. Well, I didn't think about it. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought I it through, never so thought. I just threw it out there. Yeah, and, uh, and I've never thought about a relationship like that. But maybe wow, either. maybe it, maybe there are some similarities. Um, yeah. You know, well, we're going to get to the bottom of that. But before we do, the we'll table it for what's now. going? What's yeah? What, we'll table it for now. What's going on here is um, we're doing a podcast, and this is a podcast about movies, like James said. Um, in particular, this is a um, podcast about polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, sometimes critics love it, sometimes audience hate it, vice versa, and we're talking about movies with large disparities between the two. This week, we are talking about a pretty wonderful movie. We will get into it for sure, but uh, we're talking about Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, Mel Brooks is Robin Hood Men in Tights, I'll say that. Uh, I, he is well deserving of being included in the title of his movies because they are so incredibly him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, we're talking, which, yeah, I, I think James, you'd mentioned on the stream uh, that you were having anybody out there, shout out James streams, um, video games. Uh, uh, yeah, go check them out. Disco Volante. Um, but yeah, you, you uh, had mentioned that, Surprisingly, this is a polarizing movie. Uh, most people, I think, of our generation, and something I do want to get uh, into at the top of it is like what, like what Mel Brooks means to us, and like what his impact is. And I just was, you know, 
I'll, I'll just preface the conversation just thinking like they're the generation younger than us. We're um, millennials. Uh, we're in our 30s, uh, early 30s. <laughs> now I'm going to start having a cantankerous relationship with my age. 31 is the age in which that happens for me. I'm stating it on this podcast. <laughs> then you just I'm going to now start having can, a cantankerous relationship with my age. But um <laughs> Uh, we're both millennials and uh, my dad showed me this movie um, people who are my like uh, family friends so my dad's friends or my mom's friends but growing up when I would go over to their places or go visit them out of state or whatever um, like Mel Brooks is one of those things that would could come up and it sometimes did of just like, here's a movie to put on for kids who are between the ages of like, I don't know. You could really get pretty young with it. Like even the sexual stuff oh, this in one this in movie, particular, sure, yeah. which is interesting because there's a lot of the Everest chastity belt and just fucking in general in this movie. Um, but it's such, uh, the a, whole, yeah, it's such a joke. Yeah. It's a, it's such a horny movie, but like, um, and just with all of his movies, for the most part, are there Mel Brooks is, he's such a cheesy horn dog and like the the most things will be pretty explicit and like i want to fuck you but they are done in such a way where a kid could be presented with it and it would just totally go over their head but there's nothing really happening here that is like that bad everything like everything else is so so silly and he he is a right you know, and I think the best example of taking something that is adult and, you know, and this may this may be some version of a stretch uh, is some, something adult is Blazing Saddles is the the whole story yes. and, and every the underlying the whole I mean, the story itself and all the characters in it and what it's what it's all about is racism. And that movie is fucking hilarious um, as, it was, as yeah. with a lot, a lot of his movies. uh but that's that's something as a child and everything. Every it seems like a lot of the characters are acting like children, or yes, just act, acting in a way that like are silly and everyone and everyone's silly so and, silly. And, when, and when things are sexual because when you bring up the sexual side of, of his movies, it made me think of of him playing the mayor in Blazing Saddles, and he's just like right, a, of course, a doofus idiot mayor with like a hot like trophy wife kind of uh, kind of sitting next to him much younger, like, much younger than yeah. him and he's and he's just like uh ogling her and everything but it's like making fun his of his whole it's face is in of, tits yeah it's, yeah it's making fun of men as yes you know as, as as instead of being like mean and and uh demoralizing to women uh which may, maybe some people might interpret or whatever it's more just like making fun oh, of no. how dumb men are as, as men well. are and, right and then it's able to also make fun of in like a Django and chain sort of way how fucking stupid racists are um <laughs> and how and how dumb they and and simple-minded right. uh their perspective is and the people with heart and his movies have so much heart it's like there's a lot of things that are funny that aren't detrimental to other characters or mean-spirited necessarily and I'm even thinking of and the classic in my family was Blazing Saddles. That's one of my my parents' like favorite movies, uh-huh. as well as uh, Young Frankenstein, which yeah, is something totally. that is just a mainstay in our household. And there's some there's some characters in that, like Igor in that in that movie, Igor. I think they what do they call him? Igor mm-hmm. um, is just a, a, 
uh, a kindly, friendly character that is just so funny and does such silly things just for the sake of being silly. And it's so effortless, his his brand of comedy. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah. and it's just spawned so many- Have fun, other, that's the direction. Other types of, types of, uh, types of things. And um, whether it be, you know, I just think of like Leslie Nielsen and Naked Gun and Airplane and, <laughs> and all that kind of, mm-hmm. that brand of, yeah. of drag kind of humor and, and wit and everything is something that uh, is is something that I, I lean on in terms of my comedy and, and everything and has informed um, certain aspects of what I what I find funny as with our last movie we talked about uh, the the great Jim Carrey and, and Ace Ventura when nature calls and and these are things that just you know you and I you, you said your your dad would watch uh, this one Robin Hood Men in Tights you know it's like my dad would put on Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. And he would laugh and you would watch your dad laugh at, at something and kind of like get kind of lighthearted about it. Cause I don't know, dads can be kind of serious about stuff, you know? And you well, see, yeah, and you, especially and you as a your, kid. Yeah. yeah and, for sure. and maybe a lot of times they want to watch something more action packed or serious or, or something like that. They want to watch but, a Michael Douglas movie. Yeah. Or Tom Clancy something, you know, like we had a lot of James Bond and, uh, clear and James Bond too, for sure. Danger and Patriot mm-hmm. games and, and the, like a gritty thriller. Yeah. You know, that's what dads love. If you want to, some uh, like Christmas Christian, is coming up. Like get a, your dad a gritty thriller. The firm, you know, so, yeah, stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. You, you know, you know how it is. And then it's like you fall asleep and you wake back up, and it's all good. <laughs> yep. um, it's a, it is what it is. But uh, this was one where you just see your parents crack up. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm just like throwing things out there now, but it's like that's when you I didn't, it would inform yeah. your comedy and inform what you would think is funny, and you would try to replicate what these guys are doing. Um, and if I can just, yeah, I can just say, I did say, I was surprised about the score, which I, we haven't mentioned, I guess yet is critics on Rotten Tomatoes is 40% score with only 43 reviews on there. And then, uh, 81%, uh, from audience. So that's pretty low for the, for the critics. And, um, you know, I, we will definitely get into that more and if i you know yeah if i yeah. can just say off the bat i we've come into contact with a couple movies i think throughout this podcast where critics really get fatigued by a filmmaker a director or a yep, person for sure and mm-hmm. yeah we got it with hook with steven spielberg a lot of the yep. the feeling towards that was like we're kind of over the spielberg kind of thing the shtick and yep. it was like too uh cheesy for people and stuff and it's like it's that sort of like maybe they they've been around it so much that you start to, I don't know, take it for granted a, a little bit because no, for sure, yeah, yeah, you revisit that stuff and and yeah, whatever. It's uh, some some great, some not so great as with Mel Brooks movies. You know, it's I I I will say too is like there's some other latter Mel Brooks uh, movies that you know don't hit as hard, but you you can't. There's certain comedies that you can get really get upset at because uh, it just like doesn't hit and it's like. Yeah, either like mean spirited or just it makes you upset because the jokes are so off. But even like the worst Mel Brooks movie, I don't know. It's still there's such a heart to it, and there's such fun to be had. And even those adult themes are effortlessly played uh, in, in in a natural sort of comedic way. And yeah, he's he's a master of parody as well with Spaceballs. Um, to to be able to do something that's yeah, just a ripoff that's just has its own own thing going on as as well. That's 
adds the, to the fatigue though. Sure. That, sure. Because it's like Mel Brooks be, does this and it's like, you won't, Mel Brooks is making a vampire. Movie what is with his Leslie take on? Like yeah. But, He's doing the Robin Hood oh. movie. It's just a Mel Brooks Robin Hood movie. I can people see people like even before it's made, it's just like, oh, it's just going to be Robin Hood with his spin on it. And, you know, yeah, it's, it is kind of that. Like it's him kind of doing a bunch of Robin, it Hood, is. Robin Hood bits. And it is. It's one after yeah. the other kind of. And uh, um, I can see. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious in the in the pantheon of, of his uh his kind of massive career where, where this one landed in the, in the midst of everything. Cause this is kind of when it kind of switches over, I think to, yeah, where they, I think, yeah, like critics kind of turn on him. Um, I feel like my he, favorite movie of Mel Brooks is, um, history of the world part two. You know, I've never seen that one. Whoa, crazy. Um, I really like high, um, exactly. Oh, what is high anxiety too is really great because and that's the thing about mel brooks is that i i get it it's really can come off as like if you're a critic and like this movie and the way critics received it and just similarly just understanding my like informing giving me perspective on on something i could also comment on myself and be guilty of doing is that like with music I will shit on Coldplay because they just like kind of got a, they have a shtick and then they just kept like doing more of it and being less interesting and just like, well, if you, you know, if you, the core group of people, them included the artists were like, I really enjoy doing this and this is what I feel like I'm good at. And then they just keep doing that. And it ultimately starts like uh, softening the edges or not being mm-hmm. so unique or interesting. Yeah. I'd say, and I'd I say ha- that like they lose their identity and what makes them special because yeah, I mean it, specifically with like I'm, something like Coldplay or something is like what, you know, I'm, I'm, you made it specifically Coldplay. So if I just use their, them as an example, it's like, yeah, you I like, like Coldplay. I like I like their first. I was gonna say I like their first couple albums, and yeah, and the third one's good too. The X X and Y one, you know, I was, uh, that's where the, that's where it stops, right? Exactly. And yeah. to me, I think, and I'm not in. And to be honest, like my taste changes. So that's years defi- ago. That's definitely a factor. My my taste changes, but to that point, I'd say is you lose your identity a little bit, or yeah, it becomes stale, um, and I. Th- I, I think with yeah with them they started to lend themselves to the to the times of uh, that they were in and or whatever but I still think my yeah you know same with Mel Brooks your, here your, your taste kind of cha- changes a bit um, I don't den- I don't so deny much- that and now looking at his direct his just director credits this is the second to last uh, movie that he directed before Dracula Dead and Loving It and like both Dracula you know you see the Spaceballs to Robin Hood to Dracula and I mean even Young Frankenstein it's like yeah, you start to look at it like that. It's like, yeah, he is kind of just doing like parodies and and riffs on like classic stories in in a way. And then Star Wars as well. <laughs> um, and then right. uh, you know he goes on to produce other things like he does Elephant Man, and then he does Solar Babies. Solar so, Babies, <laughs> and, and looks like uncredited The Fly producer. And it's like he's taking yeah. these, these uh, leaps on producing. I guess this is kind of leading up to. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights and, and he's but, not good at it. 
I mean, is it, Elephant Man is is an amazing leap, and uh, sure. is something that he full on supported David Lynch after uh, what, yeah, you, what you might totally. call it. Uh, oh my goodness, how am I losing the name of David Lynch's like first uh, movie? Eraserhead. Yes, Eraserhead. Thank you. Sorry, Eraserhead. Yeah, um, and Mel Brooks loved that so much that he's like, hey. Let's let's get which is so crazy to think about because I what and we'll talk plenty is how much like fun and love for people there is in that. And David Lynch is notorious for being like everybody has these like motives that are totally themselves. They're so self-interested. And I think David Lynch has a really cynical view of people, which is so fascinating that Mel Brooks is into that because like all the redeeming qualities about this movie is how much love and fun it's seemingly everybody is having in this movie and probably making it. I, he has, it's, it's amazing to, to, to think about that connection that was made and uh, I'm trying to remember because I, you know, I read a bit of David Lynch's um, kind Auto. of kind of autobiography, and uh, that was a really, really fun and exciting part. But yeah, for him to have the eye for that type of talent, and and you probably meet the guy, and and David Lynch was like off on some side of the studio, like in a little, uh, you know, offsite sort of set that he kind of cobbled together and was there for, I don't know, I think it was a couple of years making that movie and everything. And I think, you know, he, he recognizes that. And that's pretty, that's, that's something that's maybe amazing. And he like takes the miss on solar babies and he takes a miss on, on some of this, this later, later stuff. And then he produces the, another version of the producers that I, I like that version with uh, Broderick and, and uh, Nathan uh, me too. Is, is, oh. is, uh, is pretty fun and yet he didn't direct it, but, uh, you know, we could just, yeah, we go on and on about, about Mel Brooks. It's just, he's, he informs this movie so much the same way that we talk all about Jim Carrey last week. Like that's not the same movie. That's not just not the same thing without, uh, Jim Carrey. Like that movie is Jim Carrey. Um, and sure. You know, and, and as much as this is Mel Brooks and everything too, I gotta, I gotta take this moment to give it up to Carrey. I don't know. Yules, you mean, right? Yules, is that how you say his name? I, I was a little yeah. shy about his Elwes, Yules. I got to give it up to him, man. He is so he is so great in this movie. Oh, my God. He is I, so yeah. funny. I just, and he, like, takes this, like, Princess Bride thing and, like, makes... And just goes in the funny direction with it. But it's, like, it is that self... Like, uh, or, like, you, you, like kind of meta, like, self referential facing sort of uh humor he's where so he's okay with feeling like an idiot he's like jim in the office looking down the camera right. sometimes too you know and it's just it's like, like are you kidding me <laughs> and he's having so much fucking fun I in know, this movie I, and it's mag fucking netic okay yeah, but oh yeah. you just you just brought up something that i was thinking about so princess bride is a better like it's a movie. better this right yeah it's yeah. a better movie yeah i honestly mix better... some things up about it i for i confuse in my, i used to as a kid confuse in my mind billy crystal and princess bride with the witch in this one i was like confused which one had which is that if that <laughs> makes any sense I, and i know they're like very they're kind of different storylines but i just remember like oh that's carrie elwes and that was the common denominator Yules. of course Yules. 
whatever. It's it's the saw guy. We talk about him uh, all the time now. <laughs> yeah, we do. <did. laughs> um, the claw. Oh man, liar, liar. Oh my god, that's him. Jim Carrey. Oh my god, we got. Oh, I wish we could talk about liar. We, don't get me started. That's on actually why we so, picked this. So he's okay, so funny in that movie. Yeah, Jerry. busted. The reason we picked he's this movie was because the uh, Carrie Yule's connection. Is we love I him. I mean, we love him. We, lo- we stand This is actually, Carrie. yeah, we stand Carrie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you know what's such a funny thing about Carrie is, is that one of his first like trivias about himself on IMDb is that he typically has like an American accent in a majority of the work that he does because he plays an American, but he's actually British. He is actually British. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's a key plot point in the movie. Cause he's like, we've what, only what, known what? him as an American guy, but he's totally a British dude. It's the craziest thing. I, I don't, that I, seems almost like put on or fake, even, even if he mm-hmm. is British, but that, what is that part? He's like, and do you know why I can do all these things? Cause I have a, British accent or English accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, and that's oh his real God. accent. Drawing from real life. That's what you do as an actor. Yeah. So, um. so great. So, the, I mean, those are the components in this movie and Mel Brooks is coming off like a long uh, career already at the end of tail end of his director directorial career. Um, He's and, like yeah, 72 that, or 73. The at critics this point, are, are kind of, which is insane. And he's still around. He's still with us. Uh, yeah. He's still with us. Still Thank with God. Us. Hey, yeah, I just, I, I'll never forget. I used, uh, spent a lot of time in Barnes and Nobles and, um, place that we bought, uh, that we grew up. Um, not you entirely, but in the area. Uh, oh, we loitered all the time at Barnes and Noble. Loitered all, what, yeah, we loitered we loitered all the time. We had nothing else to do. So we just go loiter and drink coffee and, and smoke cigarettes outside Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and that's exactly what you do when you are 18 to 21 read, years. Uh, old. Read, read magazines for free. You read magazines for free. God. <laughs> and he smokes cigarettes and drink ass loads of coffee and ass mm-hmm. loads of cigarettes. Yeah. I remember being at those places with Dylan Bickerstaff. Shout out to Dylan. Um, hey. And get him on this podcast. Oh, fuck. I got to. Yeah, I'll DM him. <laughs> um, dude, that'd be so awesome. That'd be great. Uh, and just drinking so much coffee. Like. Yeah. And figuring out too, that's how I figured out with, um, if you become a gold member with Starbucks, then you get unlimited free refills of just plain coffee and tea. Nice. Oh, <laughs> tea too. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, oh, oh, the point I was getting at with this, uh, Barnes and Noble is, is that there was this photographer that had this really amazing book that almost every other time I went in there, I would always pick it up just to look at it. And it was just close up shots of, of famous people's faces and Mel Brooks's face, just weathered, but so funny and emotive and genuine and amazing. And I'll never forget it where he's just kind of got like, Oh, he looked like uh, he looked like Charlie Chaplin or Hitler. And he had like uh, this whole uh, thing about him. And, and, you're, and you're never uh, annoyed of him being in a movie. Mm-mm, like you're mm-mm. always so happy to see him show up in the movie. It's not like, a, you know, because he writes the best just, parts for himself. They are some pretty great parts, but uh, <laughs> like him in this movie. 
And that could be, an, but that could be really part. annoying. I don't know. I just watched old the M Night Shyamalan movie. Some people you may know. may like his uh, cameo, and he's notorious for them. But I think he's he's infamous for her not being great at casting himself in in movies. No. I don't know. I, I I I did. It takes me out. It just takes me out. And maybe it's uh, has something to do with the the type of movie, to, or you know, it's just a, it's a, it. His his movies are Hitchcock type movies as it is. So you kind of like he's doing the Hitchcock thing is what people have always said. Um, but damn it, Hitchcock never had a speaking role. I don't know as far as I can remember, unless it's like Halford Hitchcock presents or something. But um, he would just, you know, and then he would, and he got to the point where he was so annoyed with people spending all of the time in the movie trying to look for him that I believe it was Birds. He just showed it right at the beginning, like a very brazen, like queer mm-hmm. uh, yeah. cameo of him, just to get get people past it. Walking out of but a store that's with like the, the dog, opposite, I think. Right? Opposite effect. I feel like a Shyamalan. He's like. Here I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be kind of a big part of this movie. <laughs> He's uh, actually kind of a big part. Relatively, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, shame, shame. I yeah, I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It doesn't. I was gonna tell you what. No, no, I'm not saying you, but but don't. Really no, don't tell me because I because I, yeah. I I'm ultimately gonna watch it because I'm really fascinated by. It's not Night Shyamalan and how poopy he is. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I think signs and uh, the village and this one, I, I think are, are kind of rough in each moment. And I like all, I mean, old, old, I, it was fine, but all three of them were, were the village. I, I like a lot and signs is pretty. I used to, now I don't, I used to actually be, that was my favorite Shyamalan movie. The village. The village. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you don't and like then, it anymore? And I don't. Yeah. Now it sucks. It's like, uh adrian brody right yes yes um adrian brody's performance as a mentally handicapped person is like directed really fucking terribly like yeah it's pretty, it then, pretty rough yeah and then also to the the way that people know things in the town is really kind of haphazard and like not thought out um because there isn't time spent on too much of like how people outside of like because there's spoilers for sign are not signs for the village is that you know the elders of the town which seems like it's in um like revolutionary times america yeah, era like puritans or something there yeah for sure um the elders are actually like scientists from the 80s and then they've uh, made this village because they're trying to get away from technology and like the way that they're all right now influence- i'm gonna tell you the old spoilers you <laughs> know <laughs> hey you, you're but telling yeah. spoilers i'm telling spo- <laughs> uh so stupid okay i am this isn't a podcast about no uh, it's movies not of and M. then m night shyamalan. shyamalan is like a big scene where he like uh you, that's how you find out that you're in modern times is through m night shyamalan really is like yeah yeah uh-huh, sure in the fence and then you know there's a couple he's the cop of, like, or whatever no monster yeah he's like uh the the national Deputy. park uh dude um yes and then that that brings us back here to robin hood men in tights of course here we are the 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 village of robin i don't know i was trying to find a way of uh of connecting it but i will say if we if we i don't know how much it will go chronologically with this movie but this is also one of those movies that was on tv all the time 
I think, or just like Mel Brooks in movies in general. Anytime like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, or this movie or anything we're on, we just throw it on. And that means, I have seen this movie a lot, but not necessarily the beginning. Because there's a lot of movies out there that you just like don't see the beginning of very often. And uh, yeah, I forgot about this whole prison break thing. <laughs> and it was... Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty great, and I you know the there was there was numerous funny bits. the 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 real uh, glaring thing that I don't like about this movie that shows its age that we were talking about earlier of him kind of lending himself to the times and trying to be modern, kind of losing his identity almost. I think is the rapping uh, Robin yeah. uh-huh. Robin Hood guys. Uh-huh. Is that's yeah. those are the bookends of the movie is that and it is rough i do not care for it and and actually gives you expository um yeah Uh introduction to what's going to happen but i'm so thrown off and distracted that i'm not even taking any of that in and it actually is Mm -hmm. giving you like kind of important information about what you're going to see next um and then you're just kind of like oh wow okay we're really in in the time in the time period of uh 1993 With just like absolutely well, like the production quality of the of the rap and everything and just uh, it's I just understanding rap. It's like Mel, it's not cool. Mel, like Mel Brooks being like, "Hey, yeah. let's throw a rap in there." That's what the kids exactly. are into. Let's do it exactly. And that and that people is like what run the, DMC, right? These people still like run DMC. Totally. Um, yeah, it, and and that's that's the stuff, and it happens often in the movie. Is these updated. Uh, with the times that the movie came out um, commentary on society and coming from a 70 year old man, it just isn't, it, it doesn't age well. Yeah. It's uh, not, it, it's not a great understanding of what's cool or why this is important. It's just like, Ooh, isn't this? It's like a curio to him. He's like, Oh, well, I hear that this is happening. And isn't that funny? And he just presents it with that. And that's some of the, like the later, later movies too. It's like, you just don't right. s- in some of like the, and this is a period piece too. So I, I was going to say something period, but this is a period piece too, but like young Frankenstein and blazing saddles. I'm trying to think there's not really like modern style. I mean, blazing saddles, it completely breaks down and shows like modern day Hollywood at the end, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, that, that whole, that whole part of just, and then it shows the movies a set, but that's like, I don't know. That's a whole, whole part of like the third act of, of that mm-hmm. movie. But when you see Dave Chappelle, pumping up his his shoes before a battle it's like at the time as a kid i was like oh that's funny that's good i you know these are like the most popular shoes or the mm-hmm. being able to pump up your shoes i i wanted them so bad and the commercials for them were essentially that but it was essentially yeah it was I a, like that it was a it was a com- Th- that's was a not commercial. the problem i am i'm yeah do they those gotta be like i mean you're kind of a sneakerhead a little bit right or yeah i mean those got no, are, are those rare finds did they re they remade them too didn't they do they do like a modern version, kind of like the back kind of, of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could be down. <laughs> um, that's cool. Like, it's it dates itself though. Like, it for sure yeah. dates itself. Is all I'm saying. It's it, like whether you it, like right. it or not. Like, this is only a joke that would happen in 1993. And you see, like something I, like Young Frankenstein and stuff. I don't know. Just like there's there's things that are just so timeless about that, you know, because it's based on a classic story. I mean, Robin Hood is too. Um, but to decipher why critics turned on him, um, it, I think some of that is like makes critics kind of cringe a bit. Mm. Yeah. And rightfully so, because it's like it really comes off like. 
a 70 year old is commenting on what is cool and popular and that's cringe. That's a As app definition. Yeah. It's an app definition of it because he doesn't really get it. He just thinks he understands it enough. Mm-hmm. He's actually more so making it a joke to the people that would think it's a joke like him, which then works. It, it really does because There are plenty of people who are going to see Mel Brooks that they've been watching Mel Brooks for a really long time and they would get a kick out of like, oh, isn't it so funny how this culture, you know, does X, Y, and Z. But when we're talking about things aging well, that's not a person like it, 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 it works better if because Dave Chappelle's in it. Uh, uh, Isaac Hayes is in it. Those things work really well. Hell yeah. But when it is just left up to Mel Brooks coming up with jokes about the culture, mm. as opposed to people in the culture actually, like, uh, I guess I just, I didn't have a whole lot of problems to, I, I'm getting a little bit it's, of it. Uh, the, rap, the rap thing was the, was the glaring thing for me that, that, yeah. Just, it just, it just t- yeah. it took me out, especially to start the movie with that. It's like, welcome to Robin mm-hmm. Hood Men in Tights. Oh, okay. Fair. Kind of like okay. Now put, I see what you're saying. It puts I'm sorry. The taste I, in your mouth yeah. And then well, at the it, end, you're walking out the door, and that was Robin Hood. It's like that kind of like old school kind of storytelling, telling rap. Yeah. I mean, like run, run DMC sort of stuff, or just like early, early sort of, um, sort of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think of another another good Grandmaster Flash. Is that right? no? Wait, I don't know what I'm. I'm some of some of the old mm-hmm. just like words. Yeah. That's how the red. And it's just and it's just telling us telling a story of enunciated very well. And it is. I mean, that was the music of the time. That is. This is the movie of the time as well. Um, it's also kind of a musical as well. It is, yeah. So, so it's I guess that, pro- yeah, and he's a musical guy, so he's just like, well, this he's is totally the music, a musical. This guy. is the music of our uh, of our time, so. of our time, and like, yeah, but I he mean, just doesn't get you give, what's cool about it. I mean, I guess if I'm gonna give him credit, yeah, I guess it's it's the same. He just has an eye for he wants to be relevant. I think he wants to be modern still in in that old age, and he's in the seventies or something already at this time. And that's just kind of like Solar Babies to me too, which is a movie about kids and rollerblades in the future, uh, rollerblading around in the desert, which just doesn't make any sense. But it's like, put them on rollerblades, and because rollerblades are popular and roller skates are popular, and like extreme sports, and there was so many extreme sports movies at the time, um, right? And, and and stuff like that just kind of reeks of, uh, hey, what what are people into? And um, yes, God, yeah, yeah, God bless them for. Uh, for trying and wanting and to for, stay relevant, I guess. And, yeah. Yeah. For looking for, for that talent, um, and everything, just did uh, but yeah, that, that's how the movie starts. And you get to the prison with Isaac Hayes, which, yeah, I just kind of forgot about, um, where they're in Jer- Jerusalem. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. The Crusades or something like at the end of the Crusades. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. Cause ultimately Isaac Hayes is going back to Africa from Jerusalem and then, uh, Robin Hood is going back to England. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so that would make sense. King Richard is, is still like fighting in the crusade. So he's like, because he's the actual king. And then that's yeah. a little bit of history, right? Is, is that, or... that 
there were there had to be people running the kingdom while mm-hmm. you know the king was off uh, off a battle running, and yeah the prince is just running it like his own personal piggy bank you know yeah uh, <laughs> richard lewis <laughs> who man what a, oh i i loved his performance you so got, much I was, you gotta love a funny villain it's just one of my yeah. my favorite things of like in in an inept one uh a loud mouth mm-hmm. uh a know-it-all uh just yeah like not capable of doing and that's what the story of robin hood is is kind of like this delinquent sort of son that's taken absolutely and, and corrupt um but to go in that direction is uh is such a mel brooks thing and then the sheriff is like a lot of these characters are playing it's like it's uh it's on the stage play or something which mel brooks is a master of as well um but the sheriff is truly at like playing to the back seats. <laughs> he's so great. I love him, but man, he's like him. chewing the scenery up and he's like, I feel like I'm watching. It feels like theater, theater. Like it feels like a play when I see him like do his, do his body language and everything. He seems like he's limber. I don't know. He seems like he's got a dance, <laughs> yeah. a, a dancer's body sort of. I don't know. Yeah. He's he's like uh, and he's giving it his all, man. I don't know who that guy is. I don't. I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything else. Uh, but he is giving it 100. Like the whole the sheriff of Nottingham, the sheriff of Nottingham, and the scene with between the two of them. There's there's quite a few good scenes between uh, Richard Lewis and and uh, whoever that guy is, but the sheriff of Nottingham. But the one where he's like, give me the bad news like it's good news. And yeah, I love that scene <laughs> so much because it treats Richard it like puts Richard Lewis in a place of like being a child. Like he can't handle yep. bad news, uh-huh. and he's like, just like give like spoon feed me stuff because I can't handle it. And then Sheriff of Nottingham has to like baby him. Yeah, and, like, and he's just laughing the whole time about it. He's like, "What are you laughing about? This is awful." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And yeah, it's like uh, these these characters that we're so familiar with, he is a master of like taking them and like subverting some stereotypes about the character or like or, or the story and using what the audience already knows kind of not against them but for them to make it uh satirical and funny and and uh and and, and a great parody of of something and um just some oh my god. And maybe this is too early to to talk about but like the execution. No, let's start talking. The, yeah, yeah. We, can go, we can go all over like that. No, let's, yeah, because I want to talk about the the, ex, the, the hangman. You mean? Yeah, the hangman. Hangman. Oh, oh my, my god. god! I was like, I, before he even he's spoke, my favorite character. <laughs> he's my favorite character. <laughs> I like. I wanted the uh, James the second he came on screen. I was like, I want to know everything about this guy. And then so I looked it up, and yeah. he's the colonel in Boogie Nights. Who is that? Who's the colonel? The colonel is the financier of Burt Reynolds' porn empire. Oh wow! And he's the one who goes to jail that. for for oh, for underage women. Yeah, and he's the, the he's underage the, girl like. Okay, so, the party. Oh my god! So the second I heard his voice, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Is this the Colonel?" And I look it up, and it's the Colonel. And the one of the one of the most striking moments and of my favorite Boogie Nights is in my top five movies. Um, That's your favorite PTA movie, then? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> mm. uh, 
So the colonel has this moment in Boogie Nights where he asks Mark Wahlberg, Dirk Diggler, to see his cock. He's like, and it's the most straight conversation amongst, which is why I love so much. um, Amongst professionals. But uh, this is why I loved seeing him in this, because he is just an absolute delight, which (laughs) it makes sense because... In Boogie Nights, there are some genuinely funny fucking people in a movie that is like really serious, yeah. like gets really fucking serious. Oh, yeah. But there's like super funny people in this movie. And now I know that the Colonel is another one of those really funny people where it just adds to them being serious now is even funnier because the scene in Boogie Nights is he's like, so I like straight face. He gets introduced to Mark Wahlberg's character and he's like, so I heard you have a really big cock. <laughs> and, every, and, yeah. and everybody's and then he's like, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh, 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 Mark Wahlberg says something like, oh, well, yeah, you know, and then he's like, say can hi I to see your it? For me. Can't help it. And Sorry. then he just and then he just says nothing. He's like, can I see it? and then he's like and then mark Wahlberg unzips it and then he just he looks up and he has this like plastered grin on his face (laughs) that is like next level like that guy was like he he just thought about he's like okay so i just my investment is a solid investment this guy has a huge cock and this is the face he gives you and it's like this tiny smile and he just goes and then dead just Total deadpan. He's like, like that's a huge fucking cock. <laughs> and then he just says that, <laughs> like that. That scene blows my mind. Just like with the, oh, I could talk about Boogie Nights all day long, uh-huh. but like, um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman when he uh, gets turned down by Mark Wahlberg and he says, "I'm such a fucking idiot." Like w- that scene blows me away like what was the direction there because the emotion he's giving is like next level shit and it works so fucking well anyways all right enough I mean, about yeah he's a he's a legend i mean that that philip <sighs> seymour hoffman and, and that's i mean i don't get me started but yeah he, he just he's one of those guys that really makes me think that he is so prepared coming into every single situation of acting and yeah i would i would be curious about the process of that scene because it actually looks like mark Wahlberg is super uncomfortable as well um Mm -hmm. which you know he's whatever say say what you will about his acting as well he's he has his moments and but it works well for the film philip seymour hoffman is so prepared in every situation I've ever seen him in any any form of acting. Like every single character he's ever inhabited is so informed, um, and yeah, mm. that's uh, that's what I will say about him. And uh, the master is is got to be my favorite favorite performance. Oh. I mean, it does. How, how can you beat it? But um, anyways, what's your favorite PT? Oh my god! I oh, damn it! You're gonna ask me. Oh, shoot. That's such a tough one. I've really, because I've been mulling it over, I've been talking to you how, like, I kind of want to work on my list of probably some PTA, PTA movies. Um, it's just, uh, it's tough I to pick, PTA. it's tough to pick the top one. Boogie Nights is one that's definitely been watched a lot and has that ensemble feel, which is, uh, 
is is so great within a movie like that. Um, but oh, if you ask me on one day, I could go punch drunk love. I totally could. <sighs> on another day, Such there will another be, there great will be example blood. of casting a super funny person in a role and having them be serious and being able to direct them mm-hmm. so incredibly well because so much comedy comes from a place of like misery and like mm-hmm. deep seated emotion where you're like I fucking hate myself and like being able to talk to somebody and be like I know this can be funny but this really fucking sucks. And I think you get this and like having that come out on screen is just, yeah, I think that movie is like the personal choice of like, Oh, that like makes me feel things more than a lot of his, all of his movies make me feel things. But that one is like more, it feels personal of like, of stuff that, yeah, like, uh, I can relate with a bit just of that, that character and and everything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it'd be that or there will be blood. Honestly, there will be blood is something that is, uh, is surprising how much I have rewatched that movie, how un- unpleasant certain aspects of it are. For and it's sure. interesting because yeah. I just, uh, there's something that is hypnotic about that. Movie. It is. And once I start it, like I can't turn it off and I know Johnny Greenwood, um, I'm a big, big Radiohead fan. Uh, so anything, my ears perk up when I hear that sort of stuff. But the minute you got with Johnny Greenwood in that movie and everything, it's uh, it's uh, it's game over for me. But it's interesting when you watch Punch Drunk Love, uh, the score is very similar. You would guess that it would be a, a Johnny Greenwood score in that movie too. But it's like that to me shows like what a good director and auteur he yeah. is because he directed this other person who is a different musician entirely to create a score that is kind of it sounded like, like early this, yeah. like prototypical version of a green Johnny Greenwood score. And that tells me that he's able to communicate his artistic vision to other people right. in a very clear way. <laughs> and he's also direct able to bring, yeah. bring people that he wants around him that he knows. I think he, he can create foster an amazing work environment. And there's something about like, because he's that fucking are, are honest right. about it or something like to that effect of just saying beginning like to, I don't know I just whenever I've worked with somebody that's operating at a high level there are people that can do that and not be complete assholes about it but that's like the that's kind of a kind of stereotypical like head spaces there is like there are people that can foster a great work environment because success is like something that they're striving towards and can get to. And not everybody has to be like put down or miserable or whatever mm-hmm. The actually more clearly just not considered because the person running it only cares about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is so much empathy. And when it comes sure. to like the, the characters that in all of his, like movies, a Wes Anderson too, <laughs> I'm sorry. just thinking about Wes Anderson's a great Anderson's. example too. <laughs> it's just uh, empathy just, and yeah, like, totally, totally yeah, you, like, art. Yeah. To bring it back to Mel, and, Mel Brooks as well. Right. And, and just uh, yeah. Lenny and the sheriff of Nottingham, I I would h- kind of hope, and I'm sure maybe some form of this happens. I love it. Great segue. Is, it is just like have fucking fun with it. Because oh, yeah. we haven't seen we haven't seen this uh, Sheriff of Nottingham and much <laughs> else. Um anything else. And he must be some level of stage actor oh, that Mel Brooks understands and is like, here is the character. <laughs> Give me that. He saw him in some, <laughs> some play oh, yeah. or something and, and was like, I need that guy. 
And he's kind of hey, like, I, I have to pee real quick. Oh my God. Sorry. He's in, uh, the prestige. I remember, I kind of remember his character in the prestige. Wow. He's like the, uh, Oh, I, is he like, he's like the guy in the court room thing. I think that's questioning Michael Kane, Michael Kane, um, something like that. I can picture his face in that movie, but yes, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll, uh, we'll be right back. Dude. So Sheriff of Nottingham, 100%, uh, nailed it. We got, we got Mm. Richard Lewis as the villain. Good times. Even the villain is fun to be around and, uh, this movie is is just uh, it's a delight, and to already kind of get into like my little uh, opinion of it, and I think you kind of said something to that effect earlier as well. Um, and the Mel Brooks is, is aspect is still hitting for me, um, but you know after the after the prison, he does he swims uh, mm-hmm. to England. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and he, he watches, I always thought that was so, so funny. They show the Indiana Jones kind of like mon, uh, (laughs) montage or whatever of, uh, of traveling. And he just swims straight up, uh, to England and, um, he meets up with Dave Chappelle as at you. I was waiting for you. Yes. I set set you up, man. I set you up. You got to say, you got to say bless you, man. God God bless you. Thank you. God set, set you up for that one. Um, it's such an, it's such a stupid, funny joke. That's so like, I don't know. There's some things that are just so dumb that it's just like, it's just silly. It's like, I, I don't get why it's so funny, but it's like such a clear, dumb setup for everyone to say, bless you. And why would anyone's name ever be that? But it is, and I can just picture right. Mel Brooks just being like, "Yeah, it's funny. It's just funny." And and uh, his, his father, dad is his a father sneeze. is is Isaac Hayes. He's like, "Look up, look up, my son. I'm a sneeze. He's a chew." Um, <laughs> oh, can I also say? Can I also say the bit uh, before? Look we, at this little kitty you got. Before, I know I got a little Luna in my lap. She's uh, oh. I got a kitty cat in my lap right now. I'm sorry if you hear some some meow meows. Uh, but before they leave the prison, I just got to say that one bit was so funny where he is like. Um, I, uh, Robin Hood's just like, okay. I tells the guard, like, I'm going to tell you everything. Like, go get your, uh, your higher ups and, and everybody to, to come, come down and I'll tell them everything. He's like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, like I've been really looking forward to this promotion. Oh, this will be wonderful. And he keeps like looking back like each time he says it. And then, uh, when he leaves within like the two seconds that he's gone, uh, Robin Hood and Isaac Hayes just break everybody out of the prison and vacate the premises and then he opens the door back up and <laughs> there's no one there and just like that visual gag is just it's so it is just so funny and the way that that guy talks is just like not of that time and he's like oh this is gonna be great i'm looking for that promotion oh yeah this is gonna be wonderful and he's like this this prison gut or something and he's just like oh i'm screwed uh yeah just just funny stuff um but anyways yeah they roll up on or he rolls up on uh, at Chew. He's wearing the pumps. He pumps up, pumps up when he's about to. He's getting fight, um, fight back against these uh, the knights of of the naughty prince. Uh, yeah, which is social commentary. So we meet a Chew, a black sure. man, oh, getting sure, yeah. beat up by uh, essentially the police, the police of the, of the uh, time. Yeah, and police of the time. Yeah, and then he pumps up his uh, <laughs> his Jordans, and then. Uh, runs away um 
And then he's like, watch, Which, he's, and then Robin Hood's like, watch my back. He's like, you're about to get punched. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does like first of many like eye rolls like, oh, can you believe this? Can you believe this? Um, oh, yeah. And then when you get there, it's like says like, what does it say? Like Sherwood or something on like in Hollywood letters on the side of the. Oh, uh, yeah. The there's just there's too many bits to, to count. It's it's uh no, they come at, at, at this whole entire movie. Bits come at you hard and fast. Yes. Um, it, no one is really talking unless it's a joke. And most mm-hmm. of what is on screen is a visual gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something going on visually. That's, that's silly. Every second of this movie, something is going on. Um, it really feels like a stage, but like you're watching, like you can yeah, watch, sure. watch a play and you could watch something different each time. Cause everyone's just like playing it up. And you could talk after the play. You're like, did you see that one guy that was, it's like, no, I was watching the other side of the stage and they were doing this other thing. It's just like, there's so many little things going on. Um, even, you know, at the, the party when that he crashes um, and all that. Uh, but yeah, that, what's that, What's after that? He rolls up to the castle that's being. No, we, uh, we, we meet little John, right? We Is go that- at you then little John. And then I, no, I think Little John well, is that it doesn't matter. We can we can it's yeah. It goes it's like, after it goes after yeah because I think he meets Blinken, Blinken, and the guys Blinken, like, yeah. and then it's just like that guy that's like okay, holler away, and they're just hauling the castle away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and then Blinken's just on the shitter, yeah, and then he's like, like what? He's looking at a nude magazine as a blind nude there's a magazine. Of, there's a lot of blind blind jokes of like, <laughs> yeah, of, of Blinken. <laughs> Of like, yeah, how is he looking at this nudie magazine? This doesn't make any sense. And then, but that he's like very sharp it. in other ways. Like, and then it's just that, that sort of, um, yeah, that, that silly kind of humor. Where so silly. Yeah. It's, uh, I was, I'm just thinking of the mole thing. Can I just get the mole thing out? That's just so funny. We're like, yeah, please. The uh, Richard Lewis's mole just, is just changing around all the time. And then the minute it's brought up by the sheriff of Nottingham, He's like, didn't wasn't your mole on a different spot? And he he like Richard Lewis just looks deadpan, like, I have a mole. <laughs> and then the next scene, next scene, you never and then you never talk about it, and it's all over. And there's one point, it's like in the middle of his forehead, where they're not, they're just like trying to show like the funny visual joke that's happening and stuff like that. Just like yeah, on set you're just messing around, and it's uh, you're like, what if you just move the mole around and you have a little, just one little aside about it is is great um and then you get these just like funny characters that you would imagine would be i keep saying stage play but it's like yeah it's like that dude hauling away the castle is just funny like he had a couple lines and it was great um and then you get blinken and then uh the sheriff rolls up and that's your first interaction with him where he like swipes his saddle and like makes him swing underneath the, the horse and then rides away while he's like underneath the horse, which is, I don't know, just so funny to look at. And then the the knights are, what do they do? Are they, they have kazoos. Oh my God, yeah. that's so funny. That's, I mean, that's kind of a Monty Python thing too, but they're just like. <laughs> and you can like hear like the grown men like breathing so and, and like singing yeah. off key kind of like with kazoos. And then he's like riding upside down. They're still just like. <laughs> Uh, it gets me all giddy this movie it's just like funny to relive the bits and it's funny to like even say say some of the stuff like the lines and everything and this little john part that comes up next is just 
as a child, Delightful. I think as, as a child is like my favorite, favorite part. Yeah. Like, once you like roll up, you see the guy saying, it's like, Oh, there's, there's, there's one bit after the next sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, sure. Not only like he has, he takes it with such weight, this river and this responsibility that he places on himself and he's not with, uh, it's little John. He's not with, uh, he's not corrupt. He's just trying to make some money because they've been taxed so hard. Uh, but the, you know, the bit about Dave Chappelle, it's like, you know, you can just cross the, the river. You're like, you don't need to fight this guy. And he's, he's taking it so seriously. And you see Dave Chappelle crossing it. And then it's just so knowingly carry out. I just feel like he's constantly like kind of side-eyeing the camera a bit of like, it's the principle. Yeah. Of <laughs> and oh, of course. Cause that's, that's, that's the archetype. Do, right? Oh yeah. That's what Robin Hood would do. And there's so much of an understanding of that, of who, like, what is, yeah. Who is Robin Hood? And like, if you were to have the comedic version of him, what would be the thing that's funny is it's that his, um, his pride and his convictions mm. get him into trouble. Yeah. And he's going to stand uh, up no matter what. Like, he's going like to stand up no matter what Marty McFly or something. Yeah. He's just, he's don't totally don't the chicken or something, but this leads oh, to the, I just the, like, the stick. Oh, what's up? Oh yeah. No, the stick battle. And like, I just, uh, it's so funny seeing a large grown man <laughs> flounder in a no <laughs> river situation. <laughs> It's so fucking funny to have that be. And that (laughs) that guy. (laughs) I'm drowning. And it, uh, you don't know anything about him and you, and you go into that situation. He's been so serious. takes the river very seriously. And then once he falls Mm -hmm. in, it's like, it it tracks with how seriously he takes it. Because to that, to him, that river is also like huge. Raging river. Yeah. Yeah. And you need someone who's just going to, yeah, like freak out and flounder around like a, like a child and be so straight about it and serious and uh, just so, so funny. And then he like brings him out and then he's just like, you saved my life. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I'm forever he's in debt to him and it just <laughs> moves on to the next. It's just like, perfect. Right. Okay. Little John's That's part of the crew. John. We okay. got it. Yeah. And they were able to, okay, great. to introduce him with a bit and then you get the other guy with the bit. So he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of throwaway character, but he kind of fills in. Oh yeah, like the, the I, yeah, I forget his the name. Lothario, yeah, yeah, he's, I don't know. and he kind of grinds up uh, an arrow. But does he really use those knives too much? Oh, that's right, he's the knives, right? He has the knives. He's just like he's a hands guy. Is really kind of what it boils down to. And then he to does the jousting thing. He teaches teaches him how to joust later. He's just uh-huh. kind of like, oh, he fills in, you know, whatever, 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 <laughs> yeah. whatever, points, yeah. whatever you whatever you need. But because uh, I can't really remember any like funny bits besides the. Um, aim an arrow straight at my heart. <laughs> but that was, <laughs> that was kind of just, and then I, that was kind of like the only thing I really remember, um, about him. But, uh, yeah. And then you, what, what happens next? Is it like, uh, some Maid Marian stuff? You probably get introduced to her yeah. a mm-hmm. bit. This probably comes around this, this time with, uh, with, uh, her, um, everlast chastity belt. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. German, what is German that a com- lady and what is, what is that do you think is a comment on just because like boxers have everlast and like yeah it's the chassis like the, belt should have that level of strength is did i get it because the pump 
uh, air shoes joke and this joke. Yeah, it's almost just like a commentary on almost commercials at the time or something like that. Yeah. And and that's oh, something that okay. like yeah. at least the pump thing because how Chappelle says it, he's like I'm. Mm. It was just such like a, and that's that was kind of a joke of like being Consumerism. satirical about the product placement. And, mm. and you're going to be so over the top with it. That's kind of that meta. Like you're very clearly doing product placement. Um, yeah, sure. Sort of thing. So it kind of like takes the shit out of it. Uh, like takes the air out of it a little bit rather than like, oh, we're going to try to hide it in the background. So you don't notice it's like, nope. Uh, I think of Wayne's World too all the time with that. Which they do it. They've done it the best where they're just talking about how they're never going to sell out. And the audacity of people to like, promote things and the whole time they're like drinking pepsi and like they're showing like glory shots of their uh reeboks or something <laughs> like that it's just yeah it's and that's the same yeah that's similar to humor i think with with mel brooks too it's just it's uh you you put the you put the weight until the audience to to recognize and understand these things and then it get, kind of gets over the top later on i think and there's other stuff that are just more in your face and all that stuff but it's like yeah, I don't know. It's like almost like Looney Tunes or something too. It's just uh, there's some oh for sure f- physical physical vaudevillian humor. Psych, yeah, humor. yeah. Sure. oh yeah, he comes. Yeah, he comes from yeah an older time. It's just like yeah, it's that's why the stage play thing and, and the thea- theatricality of it of it all makes makes a lot of sense. But that yeah, that chassis chastity belt with the comment. I guess it's just <laughs> like yeah, I I know. There's a lot of jokes concerning that and and her chastity and and her her virginity <laughs> and and everything. Um, and she is like playing like a snow white times a thousand sort of, uh, chast, sort very of breathy and yeah, <laughs> very, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and leaning into the stereotypes. Doesn't age well. Um, I mean her, yeah, she, her character and, and everything surrounding that and the chastity bell and how that's the prize to be won. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. really play the way that it's he's meant to play at the time for laughs and everything and and uh get the locksmith. I don't know, it's still it's still kind of funny, but it's it's also That's like, funny. Yeah. Well the the idea I, I do think it's still funny the idea of like all the fun hurdles that a guy has to do to sleep with a woman. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's funny, but there's a lot of her virginity and her like that stuff that which is yeah. really making a commentary on and the Patrick like Stewart and, like and, and, and things like that. At the, at the oh, end, like, it's like good the, to be the king, which is like <laughs> but part still, of his like, movies. But like her treatment as a character, you know, that, I mean, damn it. Patrick Stewart knows how to deliver a line. It's, it's <laughs> oh my God, it's Patrick Stewart. But SOB. still it's like that, you know, speaking to the treatment of, of her character and everything. And, um, you know, I almost I did kind of appreciate the line of Broomhilda at the end where she's constantly her whole her whole arc as a character is is keeping men from uh like for, from her losing her virginity and like her whole job is taking care of her and so she's like if yeah sure you know like what, what was she's the not treated she's, well though <laughs> no no and and her that's where it gets mean is is sometimes yeah. those like yeah like the she's more fat home, like she's the home, ugly like homely, yeah sort of like, and they play that up up for last and everything but um she's like i haven't done my job if if this happens, so they they make sure to get their nuptials before doing that for for Broomhilda's sake. So it was like she had more than just being a psycho. She had kind of like an arc of like, oh, she completed her what she wanted to do is 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 uh, keep her Fair. virginity yeah. until until she was mm-hmm. she was married. Whatever that's that maybe a minor thing, but um, in terms of those two characters, that's like uh, 
I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the the horse doesn't want her to jump jump on her because she's fat, you know, and jump on the horse and, and stuff like that. That's that's more the horse uh, is played off and like conscious and it is like I'm not dealing with that shit or uh, whatever. It's it has that uh, subtitles to it where it's like if yeah, she thinks she's doing this. It's like Mister Ed. She, style or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's 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 her whole her whole thing and she's yeah. just kind of like the the prize to be won and she's just the very stereotypical uh princess and, and everything and there's very stereotypes a lot of stereotypes of all these characters and then they subvert them and have fun with them and, and do bits uh playing riffing off of those things um and yeah and then there's even stuff like uh or i guess the the merry men kind of kind of happens and stuff but i was thinking of other references like the whole the whole Godfather thing, the whole Godfather scene. Oh you know, my like, God! With I don't the, know if we have to like get into that right now, but oh please, um, I would love know, to. Like, I, lo- I love it. The Merry Men kind of get get formed and everything, and they're trying to figure out a way to take out Robin. Dom Deloise, right? Correct. I, yes, I think you're right. And oh, he's a delight. But it and is such the, a reference it, it is, to this like, thing, you know. In this, game, Robin, in this Robin sure. movie, they have like an extended Godfather thing with like a pooping lizard uh, <laughs> it's like an amazing ants, like the I'm a, uh, see and, and that's where and he's got the I, things of the dental stuff in his mouth i thought that was the, the best bit of like he's, oh, he's also back got the dentist his his like uh bodyguard has got a crossbow but it's like a pistol and he pulls it out and he mm-hmm. just like whips it out he's like on the day of your father's or your yeah. daughter's wedding. No, wedding. no, no, no. no. <laughs> it's like, no. as a kid, you're just kind of like, I, I generally know of Godfather. I guess I hadn't seen right. that younger. You're just kind of like, yeah, I can kind of But dads like, are losing it. Sure. They're just like, exactly. oh my God. That's exactly it. Because it's like, it does Godfather's a great movie and it's in this movie. Yeah. Now this movie's great. Or and like then in, you just go, yeah. In Spaceballs, you see that there's this whole bit about the alien, like, and it had, John Hurt is in that movie and mm-hmm. the alien pop, I believe pops out of him. It's been a little while. Maybe it doesn't pop out of him, but John Hurt, who originally had the alien pop out of him in Alien, like is in this scene with an alien in Spaceballs. But then it has the alien do this whole, hello, my lady, hello, my lady, <laughs> yep. hello, my sunshine girl. That girl. <laughs> and uh, that kind of stuff is like, as a kid, you don't know the alien, but it's a funny, it's just funny. It doesn't, so much it doesn't matter. Humor, and then you see yeah. the Godfather guy in this one, you're like, oh, this guy's just talking funny. He's got a silly <laughs> little lizard that's pooping on him. This is funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's like rubbing poop on this. Like it's just like you are threading the the needle between like the dad's happy, kids are happy. You know, it's everything's going like Mel Brooks is is that guy. I feel like I don't know, and I love him for it because my my family history is like sir is like informed by that as well. Just like I would come home and it's like oh I guess we're watching. Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein again. It's like it would just it, if it was on, it was on. Like if it was on cable, it was just on in our house, and I would I would come home and it just right. it was just almost like the wallpaper of my house was Mel Brooks. <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And, and like DVD collection, that was always a a well worn um, well worn DVDs were were those ones. Uh, yeah, and so we have that whole thing. That's they. Oh, I mean, Mel Brooks is introduced, I believe, at this at this point as well as a guy doing uh, bargain circumcisions. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's <laughs> just like... he just rolls up. He just rolls up in the movie, man. It's so funny. 
Uh, he makes so an outdated he makes an outdated joke as well. Oh, uh, well, of course it does. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have to repeat, but you know, he he, he questions this, which is fair. He question he just does it in a way that's kind of that's pretty offensive. But he, he rightfully so kind of questions the sexuality. Not rightfully so, but it's like you kind of like what is the sexuality of the merry men? <laughs> and he's like, so you guys all, you know. That's all, I mean, he says a word, but it's like, but it's I, like the question is okay, like, so let, what's, let, so what's the deal? Okay. Here, you know? <laughs> let's, let's get into that because I really want to, I think that's interesting is that there, there are a lot of jokes in this movie that are about men being Nancy's <laughs> and being, um, a feminine and being a stereotype is gay. And I think it's done in a way that isn't, is going to age relatively well. And the reason being is because it's not mean spirited. It's not mean spirited. Exactly. That's what I would say to it is, is that if anything, it's not, it's not, it's not the matter that it's not, it's never an issue, whether you're a Nancy or you're gay or whatever. It's like, Oh, I just didn't expect them to be like that, you know? And you just kind of operate at that level of like, Oh, well, uh, you know, I just, uh, um, Oh, that's surprising. Oh, I didn't, you know, and, and never being me like, Oh, that's a negative that somebody's like that. It's just not, it's my expectation was this and you're giving me the opposite mm. and having fun with that not misdirection, but like, it's uh, like human yeah. nature. It's I, he's right. He, I think he understands human nature in a way that, yeah, he understands whatever in the base, in the base form, irony, and Mr. X and on a very simple form. Um, but he, but he stops right there and he doesn't take it too, too far, you know, I, and we did talk about Broomhilda and, and stuff like that and, and, and everything. And it's like, there's things that are stuck in 1993 and inevitably it's, it's inevitable, but um, there's good hearted, innocent uh, jokes, jokes at play. And mm-hmm. the whole, Oh, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, overcompensation like of them is that whole song of that they sing, which is one of my, one of my, uh, I don't know. My I favorite parts it. is the, yeah. um, cause they are overcompensating with their voices and how they're delivering the song. And then there's, there's, there's parts with where they, they toy, uh, yeah, with their their a bunch of dudes hanging out together wearing tights and everything, tight tights, you know. And we met tight in tights. Like that, you know. And uh, it's it's just uh, a great song and uh, a lot of fun, and it works naturally into the into the whole show and the like. I think of it as a show because I can picture it on stage again, but into the into the movie, and it's something that. Uh, it's funny again. It takes the piss out of like masculinity, if anything. Yeah, and, like, absolutely. And, like, and the stereo in a stereotypical form of it, and how serious men take that, uh, just whatever, even distorted sometimes version of of masculinity and and what that is, and shows them overcompensating uh, for it um, in a way that's like, yeah, it just like makes them look look silly. But then they're also so yeah. so so proud of their uh, the merry men ways, you know, and it's uh, it's I, I, that must come from an under like Mel Brooks's life of being such a theater guy that 
theater when he was growing up probably seemed pretty feminine and pretty um not like uh you can't be a manly man and also be an actor um and just making such fun of that because it's so silly for somebody to think about things like that yeah i mean at the end and of the, blazing saddles there's that whole battle <laughs> with the like right and then it breaks the into <laughs> get them <laughs> girls <laughs> there's like and then the Mer- the merry men do the uh rockettes does do uh, with the um kicking up their um their heels and all that oh yeah right and it's just uh it's it's playing playing up to both sides of it. And you're able to have a fun, good-hearted song in, in it, and you're also like making fun of yourself as well. And I that's what producers oh. is kind of too. It's like a it's a musical about musicals. Um and and there's just meta things that he likes to play with that can be executed uh not so well and over the top and eye rolly and um, yeah, lack of a sure. Word, cringe, you know, as some of some of his other, you know, and even the <laughs> rapping rapping guys at the beginning and the end. Um, but yeah, that that song is great. And and when Mel Brooks shows up in the movie again, it's it's always what wel- he's always welcome for me. Um, and then they you move on to kind of like the, the archery competition, right? That's kind of like the next big thing. And uh, this, uh, well, you know, I was gonna say there's this one. No, other, there's, there's, a, one there's other the whole where slapping the the glove, right? Uh, which part is that? Wait, isn't there like a confrontation that, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham has with, Oh, oh yeah. No, oh, I'm... you're talking about the party where he crashes the party. Yeah. Do you want to talk about yeah. that? You want to talk about that? He like rolls up at the party and then he drops the pig on the, on the table. Um, they were like watching a mime or something at first. And then <laughs> he's like, kill the mime. <laughs> Richard Lewis delivery is so funny. And he's like, he's just slouched over and like, looks like a petulant like child. Not like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like convince they convince him not to kill, kill the mime. Like, okay. Don't kill him. Um, he just looks bored and, and, and everything. And, and yeah, they roll up and there's just like, visual bit after visual bit here and something that makes an action scene within a comedy very fun and like yeah you know you think like jackie chan or something just like action action comedy uh can hit really well and i I always remember the scene as a kid the the toppling nights over over and over each other and then him like and also him trying to like hit the trap on someone else and then the trap lands on him um and and just all of, all of that stuff like the yeah and of course the blind dude is attacking a post and oh, and, and that's yes. as, as well blank in blank in uh <laughs> yeah and then uh they they roll out of there and that's like kind of like the i guess the you call it meet cute with uh maid marion and and mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. uh but there's just these constant deliveries of richard lewis that whole time he's like he's funny he's <laughs> yeah. funny He's good. I love He's it. Good. It's just you're the pretty, like you're, you're funny, New York like, like Jewish humor <laughs> where it's just like this is funny, isn't it? And just really like the delivery of He's you good. commenting on what is funny is funny. Getting under my nose, Robin. You know, <laughs> and, and it's all. I love Rich. <laughs> He's so and I think funny. that's where he says, like, I speak with an English accent, you know, and it's like, and it's, it's referencing everything that's going on too. It's like, yeah, it's, 
<laughs> King's not speaking <laughs> speaking with an Eng- English accent. <laughs> um, yeah, and that so yeah, there's there's that that whole thing and he topples all the knights over and they're just like the sound sound effect is so funny that it's like it looks pretty much like a pretty nice one shot and almost looks like some of the knights are real some of them aren't i don't know what that some of them toppled like real people almost it looked like but they could have all just been dummies i don't know some of them were very definitely dummies and stiff but some of them collapsed like they were people i don't i don't know but this yeah that that was one of the yeah yeah that was the one of the uh I'm glad you, that you brought that up because that was something that I read about uh, in the trivia for this movie is, is that that took a really long time. It took like two weeks to coordinate that. It almost seems like they couldn't do all. Dun- I believe it. Uh, <laughs> say that, But it almost seems like they would they maybe try to do all. Could you imagine two weeks then, of like, just I know just doing dominoes with like huge fucking knights. Every day you're like Monday right, through Friday you're stack, going in and you're knights. like, OK, here we go. <laughs> and I bet it was trial and error. Yeah, just like. We're trying to do all dummies, and then there'd be kinks in the curve, like when you try to curve right. it. So we're like, we have to place real people at certain curves so we can direct the or direct the, the better. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it looked like. And then they try to keep it all one shot. Oh man, I mean, it's it's a <clears throat> super memorable moment. And and as a kid, I, I enjoyed that action comedy so much uh, too. That that stuff was just exciting when I would get into um, Robin Hood doing the those kind of antics. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, do you want to, you're going to take a just real quick. Yeah. Just a quick, I'll be right back. I'm going to take a pee. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'll just kind of set up this, this next part. Uh, we go to the, this archery competition, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, that's put on by uh, the Godfather who has the, the lizard, uh, the poopy lizard. Um, and it's done in the same sort of way that, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of a Marty Mc, Marty McFly sort of thing where it's like he has this whole uh, scene and song with Maid Marian after uh, Men in Tights thing. Uh, Maid Marian comes to visit uh, Robin Hood with uh, Broomhilda. She she sneaks out and she tells him like, "Don't fall for his tricks. Don't do it. Uh, he's just going to put you into a trap." And he's and Robin Hood says, uh, "Don't worry, don't worry about it. What's up? What's up? Brandon's back. I'm just kind of filling us yep. into to the next part of the archery competition. I was saying that. Yep. Uh, Maid Marian is. It's kind of like the Marty McFly, Marty, Mc, Marty McFly uh, chicken thing, where it's like, don't fall for his tricks. No matter what you do, do not go. And he's like, of course, mm. I'm fine. No, no matter what. He's like, oh, I I thought you were gonna." totally go because it's an archery competition and he was going to trick you and then he like does this quiet <laughs> these looks man these eyes his eyes are uh-huh. so funny to me like i i i it's just hilarious there's like so much expression in it of like a knowing his knowing glances are just legendary of of oh, like quiet. there's the just one so there's, much of the yeah there's the one uh. that's one's more like excited of like ooh, tantalize and then, then there's the other one of like oh come on i like the one of like uh, I forget when he looks, he does the slow direct to camera, just kind of like, can you believe this? Can you believe it? Can you believe this? It's just so funny. Uh, <sighs> so yeah, he he goes. He goes to the, the archery competition and um, everybody's there. It's kind of like a scene where, and they, they have a, it's these scenes just remind me of like a a stage play as well. It's like you have multiple scenes of the, where he crashes the party and the wedding at the end. These set pieces where everybody's involved, everyone's got something to do. Um, mm-hmm. you got all the, all the merry men dressed up as, as, uh, 
as women. ladies and uh they're trying to um which is fun which is yeah, fun. Uh, yeah he's got his boobs like upside down blinking yeah <laughs> blinking um, <laughs> which is yeah uh, blinking and boobs in this movie has just been so funny he's because he has devil. the he's he's a horny blind man and more power to him and uh yeah and and then you got you got them you got Broomhilda and Maid Marian and and uh Sheriff and and uh Richard Lewis all all up on the dais da, what do you call yeah. it Was dais that, yeah. yeah no and, uh, excellent yeah and uh the, you get, you get uh, the class in this. I don't know how I feel about this scene, to be honest. I'm not sure if it's that if it's that funny to me. It's, it's like, not that funny. It's no, like, it's not. It's like kind of drags this bit because it's like mm-hmm. you expect you know what to expect that he's like going to split the arrow. But then the subversion is that Robin Hood goes first or would like the whole thing happens. And that's between the two of them at the final thing. And then Robin Hood goes first. And then the other guy splits Robin Hood's arrow and then he loses and then the whole bit is that it is, it's he gets in the another shot. That, they look. They all look yeah. at the script, and they all like, he gets another shot. He gets another shot. He gets another shot. Uh, and then it just takes forever like, for everybody to confirm. Oh, it's in the script. It's just yeah. drag. It kind of drags out. It's in the script. Totally. It's in the script. Um, and he's got like a leather bound version, which I thought was so funny. It's like even the script is kind of like uh, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they're making the movie in medieval times or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, but it he shoots. He, he pulls out a mission arrow. Patriot. You know, or no, yeah, you a got, Patriot. You got, right. yeah, you got it right. Patriot. A arrow. Patriot arrow. Which is supposed to be a joke on Patriot missiles, right? Because oh, right. We're, oh, wow. we're, this is the time of uh, of war that the U.S. is in. The and, Gulf um, War. Mm-hmm. And then it like also is like a like a not heat seeking, but it like can like you know hit Dude, its it, target. Yeah, it, it goes and go up and then and it show. does. It, everyone does the right. wave, which is the a wave, nice, which a was bra- like bra- bra- sort of bra- they have like the CGs, yeah, sort of like composited bit. arrow going through mm-hmm. that looks uh, shitty. But then they have the people do the wave, which is a nice practical way, I guess, to express that. But then it does like but they don't go, even comment goes, on them. We just invented the wave. Like that, what that's oh, what that, drove me hey, crazy. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. It, right. But the thing is, they had this whole bit of doing the wave and it took forever. It seriously, we watched the arrow go I through know, it drags, two, two sets of stands, the dais, and then like the um, merry men as women. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 oh my God. It goes towards the target and then it, it does the like car sound effect and turns around and then comes through the back of the target and explodes and then he wins yeah there's like parts of it that's like i don't know i there's something about it maybe i like it more in theory than how it's actually played out because when i'm watching it i'm just kind of like okay like i don't i don't know yeah right it doesn't okay the fruition it coming to fruition doesn't do a lot for me no because it's totally yeah like if anything i you can make the like levy the critique against it of it talks about how superfluous it is by the fact that the script just says that these are how the rules are with how that scene is yeah. really superfluous and mm-hmm. just like it, it's day de- it speaking of deus it's a little deus ex machina of a joke of like right. kind of just like comes out of it comes out of nowhere and there's no uh right like what movie are we in and, again and the punchline yeah. doesn't feel great because that the setup comes out of nowhere and you, right. you know, they, they were just like, well, we got to have the scene with the archer archery competition 
And then it also sets it up that, you know, Robin Hood gets sure. gets captured and imprisoned. And I've seen Robin Hood, Dis- Disney Robin Hood, and I, I love that the Disney Robin Hood. Um, and that's that's a part of it too. So the it's old just like man. A, yeah. Everyone, yeah, he dresses the old man. It's like everyone man. knows knows the story and it's a great thing of him splitting in the arrow, but uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, he tried to subvert, try to make it a little different. It just didn't really like have a great payoff no. for me, but you know, you get Robin hood, uh, imprisoned and then they're going to execute him. But then maid Marion is like, I'll do the worst thing ever. Even worse than dying. I will marry you sheriff of, of not so overblown. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, that's the setup of, the, of the wedding kind of set pieces. Like, oh, know, I love that joke there. though. So he's ish. So she does the whole like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do the worst thing ever yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to marry you. And I really love that bit though, where then she's like, uh-huh. but I'm not going to have sex with you and I'm not going to love you. And then him no, just looking at it. Oh no, have sex. Like, I'm sorry. The, the, it's just, only sex. I'm sorry. It's yeah. like, I'm not, you're not going to have my, my heart yeah. and my mind or my whatever. Soul, yeah, and then yeah. he's like, I don't okay. <laughs> I don't care. As long as I'm fucking you, then uh, that's all that matters. Which is, it, it's a funny joke. <laughs> I thought, it, yeah, he's he's that actor is is something I I, I was enjoying him so much this uh, this viewing because yeah, because he sells it so much, and he's it's funny. Bad guys are are some again some of my favorite favorite things. Like even like Jim Carrey. I keep keep talking. I, Jim Carrey has been on my mind since last last uh, episode and everything, but Jim Carrey as the Grinch is just like this, like I don't know, silly, yeah. And then he like, and then they come around either at the, or they these two villains kind of get their comeuppance more so in in various like ironic, uh, funny ways. Um, but it's it's pretty much leads us to this to this wedding, right? And you know, it's you could sit down and really kind of just. Like when you look at the overall story of this, like it, it really is Robin Hood. It's the Robin Hood story, and then there's just yeah. like a series of bits <laughs> strewn throughout. Oh, it's not. A, yeah, it's get, not. A, get, it's like, not strong. I, you get like the form formation. You like he loses his castle. He gets the formation of the Merry Men. He goes to the archery competition. He gets imprisoned, and then he has he has to stop the wedding. And then like King Richard comes back. Like all those things would happen in a dramatic Robin Hood movie. Is just my point. It's like it has all the broad sweeps of those things. But then there's just, sure. yeah, there's like these just funny, funny bits of getting there. And I, I think that's what you sign up for, for a Mel Brooks movie. Kind of, I don't know. I think that's, that's uh he, he, uh, he got that done. Well, uh, even aside of whatever I think about the archery scene, you know, which isn't terrible, just whatever. It's not, doesn't hit super hard for me. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But this wedding scene is where we get introduced to the hangman. And, oh, and that's what we were talking about he's, earlier. He's like almost like a he, Looney Tunes character or something too. Or he, he he's has, got a he list. His voice. He, he almost sounds like uh, was it? Yeah. He almost sounds like Snag. Was it Snagglepuss? Like the, the Snagglepuss. Yeah, yeah you the, nailed the, it. The, the lines are guy. just like in in the um, Robin Hood. Um, even could you believe it? Is that kind of almost that kind of stuff? Uh, he has like kind of Barbera, but yeah, Snaggle Snagglepuss kind of sounds like that. Right? He's like he's like yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but he's just, he's just like fucking with uh, Robin hood and fitting him for, uh, the, the noose, <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's fitting him for like a tux or, or something like that. And, um, Oh, you know what? Okay. He's the, okay. I got it. He is the hangman in blazing saddles. I just remembered. 
Oh, no shit? Yeah, like uh, Hedy, Hedley, Hedley, it's Hedley. Hedley, uh, yeah. Like, looks out the window and he's like trying to get, uh, uh, what's this, the new the new sheriff uh, hanged and like near the beginning of the movie before he, he uh, sends him off to be the, sher- the sheriff. And he looks out the window and the and the hangman is about to hang a horse. A dude in his <laughs> horse. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I couldn't possibly fit him until next week at least. <laughs> I was just like, that came to my mind. I was like, why do I like this character so much? And why, why okay, like, I that's can't, I can't a relief. Okay. It's so, it's so funny. There's some funny for, horse. Someone, a horse gets punched in the face in that movie too. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So if we could, that is an amazing point of how I feel about this movie in comparison to Mel Brooks's other movies. Could we get into uh, reviews? I mean, we, we, I mean, we if, felt it. If there's anything, I mean, about, it's really just if we can just run through this wedding scene, I guess, if if you don't mind, you know, it's like he, uh, yeah, he, uh, they're they're about to get hanged, and then um, you, the hey Abbott, <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> I just had to say that that one was, was so so funny, um, and then also the the shot of them going down the aisle, and then there's the the guy's staff. And they're walking, and then it fucking hits the camera. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just so funny because you could easily just cut right before that, and it's like no, it's like oh, it's a solid shot. You get get it coming at you, but it's like it just smacks into it, and just, you hear the sound. Oh, it's, it's so great. So you just funny. Imagine people just cracking up on set making this. It just it just must be. Oh my it, god. You know, people, people come to play. I think earlier to your point as well. It's like with yes, a, with a Paul that's Thomas what Anderson I, yeah. movie we were talking about. It's like he he builds that report and he builds that chem- and he, chemistry and he knows what people he wants on set, and those people will go above and beyond because they know it's a, Paul <laughs> Tom- it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that you're making. And oh, yeah. it's like, I think Mel, Mel Brooks, you know, still at this time, it's like, we're on a Mel, Mel Brooks movie right now. Are you like, fucking kidding me? Could you imagine getting the call? You're like, you're going to be on a Mel Brooks yeah. movie. <laughs> and then for him to have like, you know, uh, the first meet and greet with the crew, like your introduction to Mel Brooks, if you were like working on the set and even if you're an established like a uh, participant in film, like you just get to Mel Brooks' set and I would just imagine the way he sets the tone of the filming is going to be like, we're here to have fun. Yeah. Movies are fun. We're making fun. Let's have fun. And there's so much of that energy in here. And he's so experienced as well. It's like I, I can picture mm-hmm. him just being very – you know, as a produce, as a produce, we're gonna be producing. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, that he he's he's, he's budget conscious and and knows what he's doing uh, to make. I don't know. There's something about his sets that um, seem seem very like it's okay that they're like they look like sets. They, they look they, shit. They, they yeah. look like sets. They look just like yeah. sets. It's fine because it just adds to the performative quality of everything and the costumes and everything. It just like feels like. Yeah, right. and this could uh it's, it's just performative performative and and when people start singing and everything it's just it, it gives more of a childlike quality to that as well. So when people do behave like children like uh Richard Lewis and everything it just it 
it adds to it because they're they're just wearing these silly outfits and they're in this silly big set of a castle um and uh yeah i I don't know what my 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 overall big big point is but uh besides just yeah i agree with everything you're saying and that environment bleeds through the screen and uh i think that's something that is is enjoyable for nothing else and i would yeah i would imagine those those kind of movie making processes would be felt i would imagine be loose and let people kind of have fun with it as well um and the combination of him and gene wilder is like legendary like that that whole that whole duo of them working together mm-hmm. uh I I wish I were as cool as Gene Wilder. This is a whole nother tangent. Oh I shouldn't get on, but I, I wish oh I was God. as cool as Gene Wilder has, has ever been. Man, like he's <laughs> he's able to be so cool and funny at the same time. Like I I don't know. He's just like in that deadpan, like the most perfect deadpan you could ever ask for. And then it's just like Leslie Nelson as yes, well. Absolutely. I wish I could be as cool as him too. Definitely, because he's he could. And I, and I think he did dramatic. You could see the funniest on, but, shit in the world and say it like it was the most serious thing you've ever heard <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and i i i've been thinking of, it's been kind of ruminating on this thing i i just recently watched like conan's final monologue that he ever gave for a show um and oh, one whoa. of his big overriding things that he said about what his comedy has been has been the marriage of stupid and smart and trying to combine those two things and to make it funny. And he, he, he's just saying that many people may say it's impossible to combine those, those, those two things, but that's my whole shtick is making things stupid, wow. dumb and funny and smart at the same time. Totally. And that, that totally like may kind of coalesce in my mind about him, but it's, I've been kind of ruminating wow. on it, ruminating on it in like other comedy and, and things that we've watched and even in this podcast and everything. And it's, yeah, there's something so, much effort has gone into these stupid bits that it makes it like that. There's a animatronic lizard that poops on command and like, <laughs> and, like and it's like, they spent so much time on this night uh, domino effect and everything. It's just kind of like, I, I don't know. It just, it, 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 it makes you just, just crack up. There's the Ben Stiller movie, like Tropic Thunder and Zoolander that makes me think of that kind of too. It's just like, there's so much sure. the production quality of it really adds to the humor of like, this looks like a pretty legit set, a pretty legit movie. And then people are acting like children mm-hmm. <laughs> and being silly. And it's like, Oh, you can't do that on like a big movie. And it's like, Oh no, it's like you can, if you're in charge and it just seems like he's a kid in a, in a toy store when he's making movies. I don't know. He just like, looks like he's just, and it, it, again, it's so effortless, but he's just a true consummate professional with everything. <sighs> but um, yeah, so yeah, it's absolutely. the wedding and, and they save the day and, uh, Patrick Stewart comes and kicks his sends his son to like I don't know the the uh, Tower of London. Um, he says like make him part of the tour. Uh, yeah, and then now all uh, then shitters are going oh, to be, be called, called John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was a royal <laughs> decree. It really is great having Patrick Stewart come in here and like say give some decrees at the end in, in his voice oh and, my and god it yeah was, it was it was like a really like hey and then okay. we had uh, yeah it's nice. it, it, we it good to be the king yeah. you know which is a comment uh he said that in his uh earlier movies that was oh really uh yeah that oh, was um I mean, in 
um, history of the uh, history oh, really? of the world part two. Yeah. Oh, well, then that's yeah. I got to watch this. I yeah. That's why I don't know. I want to watch High Anxiety again as well. Um, Please watch History of the World Part Two. I will. It's I will. Like, That'll be my. And assignment. then uh, there's also another comment on that movie too, uh, because the sheriff of Nottingham is in the conversation about like how Robin Hood is going to be the like have to get out of. Um, it's like talking about how he's going to be with Maid Marian and then that's going to free him. And it was that conversation. And he says like, walk this way. And then he like throws his hand back and he's got like this thing on. And then he just like struts out of there. And then everybody else does the same thing. And they're like, (laughs) and then like walks this way with him. (laughs) And they all walk the same way together. <laughs> I love, oh my god! I, I love, love it. It's so like the fucking much. shit. That's it's so like the. Funny. It's like it's like a hit of fucking heroin. I You're know, just like, man. yes, give me more of that. And it not only uh, people, it, a grown adults acting like complete imbeciles. It's so is, funny. It, it is good like something that joke. will. Good honest jokes. It, and it's something that lost. like in my mind, it's like, oh man, if I were in that situation, maybe I could do that. If someone tells me to do that. Like I can replicate that joke and be, also be funny. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like simple. It's like, yeah, it is simple minded enough where it makes you feel like, oh, I can, I can be funny too. Or something. I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's like that kind of punny sort of punny stuff and the dry sort of setups and all that. Um, walk this way. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Uh, I I I crack up just thinking about it, and and there's just like lines from from it as well. Like, uh, there's uh, a great story for that joke too, because it was in History of the World Part Two, and um, as Aerosmith was recording their album, they went and saw that movie and loved that joke so much that that's why "Walk This Way" by Aerosmith is get in the there. Fuck out of here. Is it, no, I'm dead serious. Really? Yeah, they were like, "This is such a funny joke." No, and way. they put it, it put apps a hundred and ten percent, dude. It, it's such a funny, like a little, uh, yeah, curio no of, of reality. <laughs> and then Run DMC made the music for the Merry Men, and then they combined well, to make uh, Walk This Way. The you know, kind of, yeah, <laughs> no. a little bit. <laughs> I'm just, trying, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to come up with all the because that's a that, stretch but well, no well you said almost sounds made up that's crazy that that's true um i'm serious yeah that's, that's true. insane uh yeah so yeah the movie ends and uh rob and marion are married get the locksmith uh is how it ends but there's also the i'm looking at wikipedia i almost forgot that at shoe has made the new sheriff of rottingham and then they make that whole joke. Yeah. oh a black sheriff, a black like, sheriff. Has, has that ever blazing saddles yeah, mm. a whole, like blazing saddles uh Blazing Saddles joke. Um, locksmith, get the locksmith. And then even like zooming out, you can see it's kind of like, it's got like painting composite sort of like, yeah, it's a nice little pretty like uh, castle view there. It's it's, it's pretty nice. Um, and then you, uh, we leave we leave the movie. I, it's uh, with the uh, the rappers. That's, I almost forget that that's got to be how we, how we end, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just not my favorite part, you know. Because, yeah, it's just like, and that's this is the epilogue that we're here to say in Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. the, the USA. Blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but let's do some uh, some refuse. Uh, I will start. We got so uh, we everyone. we felt. Uh, can I uh, can I toss like a intro to this segment now? Yeah. Okay. Um, the of intro course. to the segment is is that he, so we maybe have had a particular type of opinion, and now we're gonna hear another type of opinion. This is a different opinion. <laughs> Welcome to a different opinion. Different opinions. Oh, this is uh this is diff diff opinions. Um, diff opinions. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, this is uh this will be our new mainstay of the podcast. Um, we got we are we are going to the people and the critics and getting and again those diff opinions. Uh, from <laughs> different pins from from all over and uh you know i'm gonna start with the critics here they they gave it a 40 40 percent tile on the on the old rotten score it's a mm. somebody somebody that, that, this, the, somebody looks at this movie and it's like oh it's a rotten movie i shouldn't watch it i just i don't know maybe it kind of bums me out but whatever uh i'll i'll make myself my feelings more <laughs> known at the end i guess but oh man let's start with gene siskel from chicago Tribune. Oh. We know him he's got a diff of pin um <laughs> 0.5 out of four a most disappoint a most disappointing a most disappointing oh, yeah. mel brooks movie parody that suggests yeah. that the once hilarious brooks has completely lost his way scathing indictment of the mel brooks formula says Gene Siskel. Let's go on. Let's let's move on here. Um, Adam Mars Jones, Independent UK. Uh, supposedly it took Tracy Ullman five hours to get into makeup for her role as the King's Cook, Latrine. She could have written a better script. That's, that was such a fucked up joke. We haven't talked about that at all. But Latrine, she's amazing. As an actress, she's super funny and super physical. Is that the witch that's the, that they're talking about? That's the witch, yeah. Yeah, and that's where Sher yeah. Sheriff Nottingham ends up with at the end. Because he gets fucking stabbed through yeah. the through the body. And then she's like, I have. And then it was so great that the visual gag of that was, it was just like a lifesaver. Like it wasn't, a, she didn't have, yeah. uh, like you know, man, something. Yeah. And then a little <laughs> like a blue man. light effect or something. It was like a little yeah. like glowing thing. Like, yeah. Uh, and like then how, what like is his he, whole like, how do you feel? Is, yeah, I feel uh, disappointed or whatever. <laughs> Depressed. Yeah, that's yeah. what he said. <laughs> he's like, I want to die. I take it back. Um, and he's God, like, this his reaction. Funny. His reaction to this getting stabbed. He just kind of like, I'll be fine. He like kind of looks at he's like, no, I won't. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like tr truly uh, skewered. Um, he's And then uh, he finishes the review. She could have written a better script in a single session while her wrinkles hardened and they built up her nose. Yikes. Okay. I get wow. what he's saying. Wow. So a yeah. better script could have been written in that, in that five hours. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see it. Adam Mars Jones. Where's your script? Let's see it. Let's see that better script. Uh, Nigel Kendall timeouts an impressive cast. Yeah. I'm Cannot, so curious. Unfortunately, what the save the day. Yeah, Nigel thinks that the cast Tighter. is impressive, but uh, does not save the movie. Vincent can be New York Times. Sure. It hits a couple of ecstatically funny high points, only to plummet into a bog of second-rate gags, emerging a uh. long time later to engage the audience by the sheer unstoppable force of the Brooks chutzpah. Yeah. 
That's the most honest review. So if we were to, I can, this, I like, can like disseminate, uh, okay, disseminate, out of those, disseminate that in my yeah. mind for sure of like, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. That's the best review. I told, if I had a critical review of this and it's essentially what I said, it's like, yeah, it's, it is right. a series of yeah. gags. And if you, and if you are not on board, then you're not going to enjoy it. It's a yourself. whole movie of gags. There's a Absolutely. gag yeah. per second. Yeah. And they just keep you, those, you're the getting, staples yeah. of what Robin Hood's is, Robin Hood is. And then just, fill it with uh with gags and the little mel brooks uh as a doing some circumcisions i'm gonna just put it out there a new um acronym uh gps gags per second (laughs) 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 what do you what do you think the gps on this is i would say holy cow man (laughs) that's a tough one I would say you, it's going like, about, what do you it's, think? it's going it's going like four to five GPS. I mean, at its height, I'd say like, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of what the height of it would be. I feel like that little John scene really like, <laughs> like at least the best of the bits. It's going to twenty like, GPS. It's going one one to the next, and then into the castle move. Yeah, it's like, and then you get into the more of those set pieces, hey, dude. We gotta we gotta start tabulating some of these GPS numbers on diff, diff of pins. We got GPS. We got diff of pins. You're you're trying to you're trying to start trademarking uh, all those polar bears out there. Let's get on Reddit and let's fucking do it. <laughs> get out there. What's yeah? I mean, what's the what's, what's the, biggest, the GPS re- biggest return on GPS in a in a comedy movie? In a, in a comedy movie is uh right. I, I it's a. Uh, unrelenting with some of these past to that. I mean, cause I know I'm thinking, yeah, back to Ace Ventura. Cause that was just like, Jim, 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 please, Jim, we do not need to joke in the scene. This is what I was saying. Last no, week. It was like, no, we just no. Need you, we just need you to drive the car and, and it was Bob a, little, a little bit of dialogue. That never um, happened, James. You weren't saying that last time. There's no way that would have oh, like, Oh, you're saying that. like Bob and we saying no or something. It, could you imagine? Yeah. Not saying no, but I'm telling Jim yeah. to, cool it on the jokes he's like Jim, i want more that's what we got okay, maybe in that i shouldn't movie. phrase it like he's that, like get I, it up there i'm <laughs> like, seeing the jokes know, the jokes did not want, exist until he yeah he, he added, whether they're funny or added not, some in. that's a different story they were they were written in a way it's like yeah jim carrey drives you're like ace ventura drives down the road and they get to their destination he's like no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna jump around and make it look i'm like I'm nonsense on poopy pants. i'm gonna say no yeah i'm gonna do like a do all these impressions of things that are from yeah I don't know, like high, like uh, radio serials and stuff that only only he finds funny from a Mel Brooks movie is it, to bring it back to it is like that kind of comedy vaudevillian comedy it is something that should not be forgotten because it transcends age. This movie. I'm starting to get into my. Can we just? Get, I think it takes different. Hey, hey, hey! We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll pal. Get there. Okay. Come on! This I'm is sorry. like the, this is like the point of our podcast is to do these reviews and go through the different <laughs> this is pol- true. This polarizing is true. reviews. And you're trying to speed through diff of pins. You're trying to introduce diff of pins, and you're trying to just fast forward not, through it. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I got so I got so incredible that. But that is also what these reviews are doing to me. Is they are. They start jogging, jogging your, your feelings towards that. I know this is good. This is good, but we gotta, we gotta hold off just a little I, bit longer. Right. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving We're on. We're not holding off. The... We're not holding off. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> All right. On the other <laughs> side of Diff of Pins, we're going to audience uh, reviews from Amazon. Uh, they uh, tabulated out very well into the five-star only club. Um, let's start with JMR1022 titled, It Worked for Blazing Saddles. Funny movie and still classic that puts the tale of Robin Hood on its head. Funny dialogue and a musical number which stands the test of time. Yes, came mm. out around 93, but still good. The cast knows what they're doing and just good fun. Some of the humor can be raunchy for a youngling, but as someone who watched this around 8 or 9, it went over my head, so take it with a grain of salt. This person is uh, hearkening some Star Wars Episode 3 uh, terminology. <laughs> Not the younglings. Not the younglings. Um, all right. This next one is from Scott, the guy from somewhere. Five stars. Best parody movie ever. Seriously. No, not true. Hey, I'm going to stop you right there, Scott. Scott, the guy from somewhere. <laughs> All right. He says, seriously, oh. you haven't started watching this? You are reading the review before watching this? Put down the cookie and watch this movie. Now, do it. Do it now. Okay, I got a little excited. But seriously, this is the most enjoyable kind of dumb you'll ever watch and totally will give you a good time if that's what you're looking for. He he is calling to action point one of okay. this review. Okay, so... He's so already this on your case about like, oh, you're on the fence about this? Watch this movie. Put down so the cookie. That, what does put down yeah. the cookie mean? What this review makes me think of is that there is a subculture of human being that exists that posts like funny comments on uh, pretty famous and prominent movies. Oh, sure. I mean, it, it, like if you were to... Um, write a review to be performative. These are the types of movies you would do it to. Mm -hmm. And it just, yeah, that person was like, who is where no one ever writes in a review. Hey, let me talk about what you're doing as the person at your computer and like adding that performative element of it, mm -hmm. which is really quite interesting because that's the type of energy that this movie is giving. And that's the, the, like, that is the fan person that this movie would, you know, elicit or yeah. um, have for And it's it. almost like some of these people almost bleed into critics territory. One of these, I don't really want to read this review because it just comes off as, it comes off as like kind of a critic review that's just kind of like doing the synopsis. Yeah, kind of like Roger Ebert style. But there's this one that it's like, says, titled RDD, Top 500 Reviewer. And it says fun adaptation of the Robin Hood legend, and it just like gives a whole synopsis of uh, <laughs> of like the movie. It's like Mel Brooks' Robin Hood Menatites continues his tradition of lampooning genres or films. In this case, the various Robin Hood films, particularly Kevin Reynolds' '91 Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, Wolfgang Reitherman's Robin Hood (1973) Disney, <laughs> and Michael Curtis's Adventures in Robin Hood (1938) starring Errol Flynn. The film loosely follows Reynolds' story, which the Robin Hood. It's it just sounds like, like a robot wrote this. I know. It's just like giving you <laughs> like this is what the movie, and then it finishes with a must-watch for all fans of Mel Brooks or those who enjoy adaptations of Robin Hood. It's like which is totally valid. That is a uh, I that is that's what echoing the, the same. That's echoing the opinion that I have on this movie. But that's, that's it's, just, it's like written by a robot where it's like literally like, hey, here's a Robin Hood parody. And then the robot's like, if you enjoy parodies and enjoy Robin yeah, Hood, sure. you will enjoy Robin Hood parody movie. <laughs> I, so, so I'm glad that you brought that up because that's the exact point that I was making previously Funny is Robin like Hood. that there, well, <laughs> but there's um, like 
an AI, like this is somebody's, I don't know, their, their stick or their, their thing is they seek out movies like this and they just create comments that f- fulfill like a certain algorithmic thing of like, Oh, I'm my, my review is, and is it's going to be what the plot synopsis is. Mm -hmm. And then whether it is a simple explanation, this is like this thing. Mm -hmm. And it is just so fascinating to like get into the point of a review from where you're coming from as like a publication standpoint and like what your goal is here. Like, am I just trying to tell people that, Simply this movie is like this movie. So if you're okay with this movie, then you'll be okay with this. Or am I commenting on whether or not this is pushing the genre further along? There's no, there's no comment. No, there's no commentary at all. It's really just a formatted structure that you copy and paste, whatever into like, it just fills it. It applies to every movie you'll ever watch. This, this, this movie starring so-and-so it's about this. I recommend and then you just mm-hmm. apply that to every single one, but it's so formatted. It's so seems to be aspiring to be a, a crit, critique critic type review. Um, yeah. There's a reason that this person in particular says top 500 reviewer. Cause it, it just must have this whole catalog of reviews just like this that are, that are going through all sorts. Can of I propose, can I propose this question to you then James? Yes. Is that this podcast is predicated on reviews sent into a website are a lot of the reviews that are on there that generate these percentages, like actually people who either watch the movie or who are not critiquing it in like an emotive sense. They're just like, this movie is okay because it is like this movie. It's a mixed bag because uh, I think even within, you know, especially with the audience members, you know, there's no uh, bar that they have to meet to write a review. They just have to turn their computer on and start start typing away and, and send it out. The difference with, and the reason that I pick Amazon reviews is not only does uh, it um, pull all together the five-star reviews, but I'm able to call the ones that are most helpful to other people. So like that, the first couple, you know, 16 people found this one helpful and four people found this helpful. And so it is kind of like reviews. Does that mean? uh, People will read those reviews and then they'll put like, I can click on some of these and just hit helpful. And then it'll it'll bump that one up a little bit more if you're trying to look for a review Mm. that's the most helpful. So in a way, you know, these these reviews are peer reviewed themselves as well. Um, But totally, if if you're going to bring up that point, you know, I think this is something that I try to remind myself and anyone who does listen to this, this podcast that I don't necessarily subscribe to what Rotten Tomatoes puts out and 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 view it as a quantifiable figure that I should rely sure. on. And I would encourage everyone to think twice about that way of thinking as well, is relying on that. And this podcast itself has been a challenge to me, um, and I and I'm sure you've been challenged as well, over how you are already judging a book by its cover before you walk into and in, into the movie and you, and, and I, I try to avoid those scores as much as poss- possible before I see it, because even looking at a number, you have some preconceived notion of what the movie is going to be like. And, 
and 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 reaction reactions of people as as well but reactions are one thing but when you even just see that number um in your mind you're already like forming a forming a story and they're not properly rep- represented to to be honest and we've already uh we've mentioned this on past episodes but the system in which robin hood sorry <laughs> rotten tomatoes acts is not really an average it's no, doesn't really average out it doesn't scores in a way that is accurate so when i looked at all those rotten rotten reviews in the critics some of those yeah will be like you'll have a gene siskel at a true 0.5 out of four he hated it but right above that you have a two out of five that's a rotten and that is but put in the same pile as all the rotten ones a two a 0.5 and a two is the same thing to rotten tomatoes and there is no averaging out of that it's either it's all binary rotten or fresh and that, and, and that's and right. so it doesn't average out the way that it makes it look oh like precise like 81 43 whatever it's like all this precise number it's like it's it isn't exactly that and everyone within the critics section has their own form of of uh of whether it's out of four or five or 10 or, or whatever. And so it's just, if it's less than half, then it gets buckled. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Put in the rotten mm-hmm. pile. And then that average is made out of between, uh, rotten and fresh rather than yes. out of uh-huh. the, the, the score compiled yeah. by the critic themselves. So ones that are, the gray area is removed and that's why you get these polarizing figures right. because that whole middle ground of people that like, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. They think it sucks. They think it's rotten. If they think it's fine, no. Rotten Tomato says, no, you think it sucks and it's rotten and it's not good. If you think it's like, eh, it's, it's just kind of, or if you, you know, or you think it's like, eh, it's, it's pretty good. It's not the best thing. No, you think it's fresh. You think it's great. It's, it's awesome. And so that is a very uh, a mis, misconceived sort of way of, uh, looking to find a movie sometimes simplified when when it's yeah. When it's like, it's very simplified. Some of the unanimous stuff comes across, can come across kind of like clear and well, it's like, Oh, everybody loves this movie. Like it's very clear that everybody loves this movie when it's just like uh, across the board, Paddington Two. everyone loves Paddington Two. I mean, come (laughs) on, how could you not? How could you not? It's padding. It's Paddington. Um, and (laughs) it's just across the board. It's just like, yeah, everyone loves it. And people vote for, for different to your reasons point, as well. Yeah. Is what political for, reasons, whatever sort of for Paddington a great that's a great example. So what rotting rotten tomatoes does is that if somebody say votes a fifty-one, then that is gonna be counted towards it's fresh. Yeah. It doesn't right. mean that it's like exactly they it's like amazing. It's just mm-hmm. it's doesn't suck. Right. And then that person gets categorized into a fresh score. And then so the percentage we get is that there are 300, 400 reviewers. And what is the percentage of people voted 51 up or Mm -hmm. 50 low? Right. And then and then that percentage is generated. Mm -hmm. And so we just completely like that scoring oversimplifies what we are getting to the bottom of, which is nuance Mm -hmm. because that scores, which I totally like is art binary. Like art is not a binary experience of like good or bad. Maybe, you know, as a, as a critic, maybe you take that upon yourself of like, no, I am the judge of what I, I think is good or bad. And you're constantly giving rotten and fresh 
reviews a- across all all over the all, all over the world. I know you're just a critical person or something like that, but um, they they create a, a binary system of of judging art of yeah, good or bad, and I think that can be detrimental to discovering new things and um, movies. Yeah, I, I think there's there's been a few ones that we really enjoy yeah. in within this podcast that we would have never maybe even seen uh, if it yeah. hadn't been polarizing and it hadn't been on our list of something to do. And it is a bummer when those are kind of thrown out because, uh, yeah, they're just like, it's just, it's just judged so harshly in a way that, uh, yeah, all the data is just aggregated and quantified that people feel, and, and, and you should feel like you have some control over like, Oh, I'm going into this knowing it's, it's recommended. It's good. I don't, uh, want to hit up my best, like my friends and be like, Oh, recommend a movie to me. I can just like, go online and do it. Um, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's deceiving. It's a deceiving, it's a deceiving process. And even, <laughs> you know, you, you see the disparity between different sites of how they rate things, whether it's Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes or Amazon and, it's all depends on, on where you go from there too. I don't know. Yeah. I would just, I would implore just like, a, I would implore Ron tomatoes to consider a more interesting and complex algorithm mm-hmm. to not algorithm equation. Sure. To Get rating the, movies the nuance of it a little bit more yeah yeah and understand the nuance of it because your reviews show up in advertisements for the fucking yeah movie. i know like you see it on tr- on commercials for movies you see it on commercials for shit Certified and your algorithm fresh. sucks as and, of november and you're contributing something. and uh, and that's the big point i want to make now getting to the heart of this because i've been thinking about it for a bit doing this podcast because Something we have consistently brought up is, is that a majority of the time we find ourselves in the middle when there is on rotten tomatoes, a polarizing percentage for Mm -hmm. each. And typically we find ourselves think getting closer to the middle. And that's because we're thinking about it and experiencing it more complexly than what the equation is for rotten tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that it has enough cultural cachet that it is informing people on decisions in their life. Yeah. It's how you spend your time. It's a pretty good chunk of time. A movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So people are going to care what, if you, Consider it fresh, consider it rotten. People are going to consider that because there's only so much time in the day to do that. And your al- your not your algorithm, your equations is yeah, I think you can consider more into it. And um just a, a scale, a spectrum, you know, it's not binary. Right. You know, they're they're they I think they whether it's adding adding more of that spectrum, sort of like, hey, show the tomato forming from rotten to fresh in a more gradient totally. sort of way or something, you know, cause it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's lined out in a lot of their, their reviews that you read that support those scores is even on the audience side. You have a one star out of five. You can, I, I believe you can judge it on. Um, 
and it's not reflected in in the score necessarily. So it's misleading, a little deceptive. Um, but as we said before, and I think yeah, it's there is some truth to it as well because these movies. I mean, to, it's driving to, us to watch to be, movies. Yeah, uh, for rife, sure. Right for conversation, some of these movies. And, Absolutely. And there is accuracy to some of it, of course, not all the time, and it is misleading. But there is like certain ones where it's like, oh yeah, I I have heard that that movie wasn't so popular when it came out, but audiences like really love it or, or vice versa. Like audiences hate it, but like, and a lot of the trend, the trend has been like, it's an indie movie that critics really do like and audience audiences just not a, not a fan of it. Or it's a big blockbuster that audiences do love and critics are think it's like, Oh, well, uh, Steven Spielberg or whoever it is, is, is old news and we're over it. And, um, it's just interesting. All, all those aspects that go into it, but all that nuance and all those reasons, uh, for liking and not liking a piece of art uh, is not represented necessarily in that average. But, you know, that's that's what critics do is they give scores at the end of it. That's what they do. But uh, the thing that I enjoy about this this podcast as well is just that that's what we're trying to do is, is uh, flesh out that nuance and flesh out those the bits that might at least get that conversation started between these two camps of if that uh, Rotten Tomatoes has within their site and try to get to the bottom of that a bit. And I think that's a, that's always been a fun exercise throughout our episodes is trying to understand the discourse around the movie, no matter where we land ourselves and parts mm. we agree and disagree on with people or critics. Um, I don't think we've ever been, I don't know. There are certain movies where it's like, Oh, this one was rotten. And I, you know, and it's very, yeah. and it's very clear, you know, there's last like exorcism. A, last Hello. exorcism. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, American <laughs> outlaws. I wasn't big, huge fan of either. And it's just like, yeah, throw it in the, throw it in the bin. Like I, I don't care, but it's, uh, <sighs> those, those aren't as, uh, they're more few and far between those really, I don't know, those bad ones. I don't know, unless you're just going dumpster, like big, bin diving at like Walgreens or, or a pharmacy or something like that. But um, that being said, I w- we would like to get to, to our reviews and put our quantitative number on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and get started if you don't mind. Wait, um, yep. Or do you want to go? One last, go first? One la- no, one last time. Yeah. Can I just take a pee? Please. I'm going to do one. Uh, I'm going to take one as well. All right. All right. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. We are going to go on to final, final thoughts, final reviews. We're going to give our little version of Rotten Tomato score. If uh, I've never given a Rotten Tomato score to a movie in my life before this podcast, and so this kind of like forces us into the Rotten Tomatoes. You don't want to say algorithm, I guess equation, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> we're forcing ourselves yeah. to to partake in this. You know, be part of this part of the system. But mm. I will say my piece about this. I was going to say one of the just like random thought Please. I had during our break about it. Um, there is this song in this movie that I'm almost positive was cut on for TV. Because I don't remember it that the well. The song with me and Marion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the sword being the his and dick. And then the, yeah. like the shadow. Yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> was inappropriate for tv or uh, just all the, like, all just the like, merry men are just like there's a ton them. of them too and they're mm-hmm. just like yeah having a good time for some reason uh, that part maybe it's just a forgettable song or part or whatever but i really get this weird feeling that they cut it for tv and i'm kind of curious if that's true or not because it just doesn't any of you polar bears out there 
because Let there's no there's nothing that's accomplished because what happens is um oh i'm still on the the be right back page on uh <laughs> on the old twitch well, we're, we're streaming on twitch right now <laughs> we're sweet yeah if you're curious we're streaming. who cares um but anyways <laughs> be better <laughs> I just think I just think that they they cut it because Maid Marion shows up. She's like, "Hey," uh, there's, and then and visits and talks about the archery competition. But they like walk away, and then he gets a boner and rubs against the chastity belt and goes ding. Yeah. Um, and then like that's I think almost positive. Like it, there's like a commercial break after that, and then they come back and they skip the the song and then she leaves and then she just leaves. She like. Because nothing else happens in the song. She presents the archery competition, and then they have a little like horny moment, and that's all that happens in the song too. Is they like just extend that horny moment to be like romantic, and he does like a little like. Uh, I, 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 I just had this uh, raging truth urge be told. to sing a uh, Bella Noche during our break, and so I was like, oh, it was making me think <laughs> of uh, think of that. This is the night. night. So what a like, beautiful night. And they call I call it Bella Notte. Lady in the Tramp, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it uh, has that kind of that kind of energy. But that's all. I just I really get this feeling like that was cut. I, that was I, I would just say is I watched this with commercials because this was on um Oh. It was like Tubi like, or something? A Tubi or whatever. That's when I had downloaded recently, and I was like, oh, I guess my watch this with commercials. Yeah, and I watch it with commercials. Maybe and that's, I'm I think in, that's how I watch it too. I, yeah, it was a Tubi thing. I was. Uh, I'm in digital advertising, and shame on you, Range Rover. I'm calling oh. you out. Shame on you. Whoa. Like uh, the frequency cap that you have on. <laughs> I saw. My worst, conne- my connected TV, and I get it. And I'm calling you out. I fucking do this for a living. Your connected TV strategy. I saw your commercial twice in a row oh, in every single spot. That's the worst. The entire movie. Oh. I saw. I seriously saw a Range Rover ad twenty four times. Fuck you. <laughs> dude i hate car commercials so much and I i'm not even in the market so for a car like uh, that People drives who me are in the market for a car are not looking at commercials either i feel i don't know they're like oh that commercial oh i'm gonna go check uh, maybe i don't know but it's like I, there's the most like pointless thing to me is a car commercial it makes me like uh, hate it yeah i know yeah like i don't i don't trying to i don't feel like i'm not i feel like i'm not really a bored person that often i keep myself occupied in one way or the other but when that car commercial starts i feel like my life and time is draining out of my body and then i'm never getting that those moments back somehow i don't know there's just something so draining about commercials in general but car commercials are just like jd power and associates <laughs> yeah because car commercials are at as an uh again a person in advertising like car commercials are always at the forefront and what they're doing is is that they are letting you know all of the benefits in the most efficient way possible which is honestly the best way to win in advertising is how do i communicate value the most effectively so car commercials are so good at just presenting a situation in which you're going to, but and then it gets so esoteric and stupid at times. And that's where, sure. Yeah, they try to car, like, yeah, let's get, let's get Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston. Right. And, and, and you're some, like some star power and 
make it about, I don't know. I think that Brie Larson was about female empowerment uh, that you could have with your car. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's a good commercial. It's a good commercial. I get it. But uh, yeah, I'm, hey, I, mean, I just, it, the, the overall, the, the point I would make is um, just like you is that car commercials also, I think have like a, it's more important to have, like, say you have four car commercials a year, each quarter you have a car commercial and it's like really great as opposed to I'm seeing like seven variants of a car commercial like all the time and you're just like i'm not buying a fucking car now i'm just bitter about cars i don't want to buy a car like oh, that's me get yeah. the get the fuck out of here with that shit and it's yeah it just loses its impact and then you just go in the opposite direction where you're like i really don't fucking want to buy a car from you because i'm sick and tired of hearing your goddamn name i saw some <laughs> weird commercials on too i'm trying to remember there was some there were some like uh there were some weird ones but i i, I i'm having a hard time exactly remembering but i haven't sat with commercials in a while i try to like avoid them as much as possible and um just go through services that i don't i don't need to deal with it but you when you take yourself i don't know i haven't just take myself away from commercials for a while and revisit it it's just like man there there's some there's some weird ones but uh that being said i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up with my my review i just thought that was so interesting that i i really like almost positive that song is missing from the from the tv version because i can picture that the cut and the edit we like this is an hour and like 40 minute movie we can cut it to hour and a half for tv or uh or maybe they make it two hours with commercial i don't know whatever <laughs> it's two hour yeah no no with, it's with like commercials it, and everything they probably yeah, just, they no, put up it's or something perfect. And, and replace that it's, with replace yeah. that time with just more commercials or something like that right but, um, mm-hmm. there's just something about it that, f- that makes it feel like, feel like uh, so brand safe too. You could just, oh my you could God. just edit that out and be like, and blame it it's on like, like it's, it's crass line. or something that he uses his sword as a dick or you think his sword is a dick or something, but it's probably not even the reason. Come on. Um, so, uh, th- right. yeah, that being said for my review, it's, I mean, it's a pretty simple, like Mel Brooks I've, I've mentioned is just a part of my childhood, part of my history. Uh, his comedy has informed, um, what I think is funny, what I am drawn to in, uh, in humor in a lot of ways. Uh, my favorites of his would be Young Frankenstein. That's, Young Frankenstein might, might be my favorite. Blazing Saddles um, are, the, are movies that I just are a part of me uh, because they just been, <sighs> been on so, so much. And um, yeah, you know, people, people will say a certain line or something from a, you know, you just like perk up and, you run the whole movie through your head and, and, and chuckle about, you know, it's something that my family would just say normally was Abby normal. We would just, yep. we would just say, you're being Abby normal right now or something like that from young Frankenstein. And, uh, my dad would just be like from and do the horse thing or something like that. And oh, just stuff that just like, it feel, it feels good to, oh. to, uh, yeah. um, and like, or like badges. We don't even know any stinking badges and stuff like that from blaze. I, I can just go, I can, <laughs> I can just go through go through so many like quotable lines and silly things that he says, um, but then yeah, I, I don't. There's there's a heart to it. There's a there's a dryness to it. There's a wit. There's there's uh, yeah intelligence to the stupid humor. You have a prime Carrie Yules, a prime time Carrie. I uh, mean, he is, and he's yeah. like, this peak. is like fresh off of peak. Princess Bride, right? And he's just like, he's got the same yeah. stash, he's got the same look, he's got the same bravado and same kind of 
overall character really. Um, and I'm, I'm so down, down for it. And he lights up this, this movie and, uh, it like adds so much to the humor. His deadpan quality is you're able to like ramp up these silly humor and jokes. Um, when you have such a great straight man and it's like a lot of times the straight man will be boring or something. It's just kind of like his reaction to things kind of like just inform you that these people are weird and strange and that you're okay with this with your straight man and he's gonna he's gonna guide you through the movie but he's like he's goofy too and he's got like human 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 qualities as far as just like he's super horny um he's like you know the he's egotistical with archery competition as like robin hood is um and that plays well in a comedy like where I, you just enjoy a comedy that has a good narrative as well. And the narrative is, is there and it has the heart of a funny uh, uh, play on, that you would see as well with all, all that kind of humor and, and everything. Um, but you can follow the story and it has a beginning, middle and end with, with people having like their own arcs as well. Um, and, and people and like the villains getting put in their place at the end and, and things coming to fruition and nice payoffs uh, for, for everybody. Um, where I will criticize, yeah, it's, it's has for, for people that, that don't enjoy the bits, it is a series of bits surrounded within, uh, you know, staples of a Robin Hood movie that being, um, I don't know how much is the cru- the crusades is a part of Robin Hood, I guess. I think I'm pretty sure that is like, he's coming out of the crusades and, and something like that. And that's where King Richard is fighting. That, that makes sense. Um, and the archery competition and and uh, and all that, but within it are just like some some really really great bits. And me and my friends, uh, I remember our good friend Cody would would always sing the Men in Tight song, and I think that yeah. was even before I saw the tight, movie. Tight. Yeah, and and we would it was that that age where you just talk about like oh I saw this movie and I got to tell you all about it. And you, you as a as a kid you're like. I haven't even seen that movie, but then you hear your friend talk about it. And you're like, Oh, that sounds funny. And then you start quoting it before you even seen it. I feel like I was already singing the song before I saw the movie. And then I sat down with my friend Cody and he's like, this is the part. And I was like, Oh, it is super funny. And I love this movie. And, uh, and I have fond memories of watching this and space balls, uh, as a kid, you know, eating pizza at a slumber party, watching space balls and, and just like giggling, man, laughing. It's just like, he, he was able to keep a kid's attention uh, at that age. You yeah. know, it's like renting a movie at Blockbuster. It's like, you're not mm-hmm. sure if you're, you know, you're just a kid. You're you're eating pizza and drinking soda. You're just like, I could run around. I could play video games. Who knows if I'm going to sit for a whole movie, but I would sit for a whole Mel, Mel Brooks movie. Young Frankenstein was in black and white. I remember like, oh man, how am I going to watch a black and white movie? And you just like stop being a stupid idiot kid and you sit down and watch it and it's, uh, just uh gene wilder man oh my god but the yeah and carrie yules kind of has like a gene wilder thing almost going on going on here too that uh totally it's um i love taking the journey with uh the cast of this movie i love um most of the bits you know the arrow thing is what it is uh (laughs) and you know they (laughs) There was a the era, wow, that was the one. Okay, the Patriot era. <laughs> I feel like when that 
again, when that bit starts coming up, I'm kind of just like, this is going to drag a bit for me. Um, and I don't hate it, right. but I don't love it. And it just kind of drags and it's just kind of, yeah, like, no, I get it. I can, I totally get it. It's in the script. He gets another shot. There's, I, w- there, I want to like a little more like reason to like why he gets another shot besides it's just like, it's just in the script, I, but like, that's the joke. And I'm maybe I'm, that's the joke. That's yeah. the joke. And maybe I'm the, I'm just the dummy, but, uh, it, I have lived, uh, these, as you said, 31 years, I'm cantankerous as well. Um, <laughs> I'd rather just say 30, but I'll say 31. Screw it. Um, and this movie holds up. It holds up. Uh, it's it's not my favorite Mel Brooks. Like I said, it'd probably no. be like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles um, would, be, would be some of my favorites. But I sat and giggled so hard at this movie like the whole time, essentially. I was just giggling and giggling and um, so, you know, there's a, there's a couple misses, but I am so down to get swept up in a Mel Brooks comedy, comedy movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are my criticisms, just like so, a couple of gags that either last too long or don't hit quite right. Like the rapping guys at the beginning and end. Um, some of the Maid Marian stuff is just kind of like, I get that she's like she just has the stereotype that she plays and she doesn't subvert there's no subversion for her at all and there's just not really much for her to do i kind of want her maybe to have like a i don't know like a good funny moment i feel like she doesn't i don't know she does not really like doesn't have like a good good funny moment but that's just her character is like people can play off her as well in the broomhilda thing um uh but yeah i guess the structure of those gags i would that that'd be my criticism that it's not going to get a hundred percent, but I will give it a good solid 80%, solid, solid 80% comedy of, uh, from, uh, from Mel Brooks. And Mel Brooks is informed so much. I talk so much about Mel Brooks mm-hmm. and the history, not even a, fully about the movie, uh, entirely, but, um, that brand is something that I sign up for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's a, that would be the heart of what I would say as to why people should watch this movie is there is a real love and appreciation for film and for like performative art that is like super fucking funny and totally worth the viewing. Is this his best movie? No, it's not. I would direct you to other Mel Brooks movies, but this is still really funny and heart goes. It's one of those things of just like in relationships in life, like it's so much better to like be really like uh, passionate about life and be like an idiot than it is to be really smart about life and be an asshole. Hmm. And like, like you're above something you're above something like you can get into the weeds of it and just like make fun of stupid shit. And like also just moving your body, like your voice, all of those things that just, yeah, we, uh, one thing I would dredge up from what we have talked about is, is that I think Mel Brooks really, challenges masculinity in a really wonderful way and says like it's okay to be silly it's okay to 
Yeah, like it is funny that I expected you to, to be this way and then you're not. Like it's okay to laugh about that. Um, there's something so wonderful about his energy that he gives off and the way that he makes movies and his voice that comes out in the movies that he makes. Um, yeah, I, I, all, but this is also the critiques I would make and inform my uh, percentage is he's also an older man commenting on younger things in order to generate cachet for what? For your legacy? Okay. I mean, you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to be that contemporary. Now, what, what I would say, though, is being silly continues to go beyond decades and and like get to generation to generation i think instead of trying to be cool if you continue to be silly that is always going to be a good look for you um and sometimes this movie is trying to be cool in ways of sex and ways of culture that are like dated now like they're just not cool. Um, but there are also things like having brands and like making social commentary on certain things. They're like still fucking dope. I'm still totally into it. Um, and I'm sure plenty of people, are. I would hope so. And I'm going to say something always loving about this movie and about Mel Brooks. And I hope that Mel Brooks like stays in the lexicon of American film culture um, because like, just like I, I think people could champion and probably do uh, Looney Tunes, Muppets, um, cartoons in general, like being stupid and silly is funny. It's, it's, it's always going to be funny to be a silly, stupid person, especially if you're an adult. Yeah, then when if, you're if you are going to silly, and stupid, if you are going to be so mean spirited, not to cut you off, but it's towards people that are already assholes. Is usually <laughs> what happens is like people who are assholes, and those assholes usually are idiots, and they can't even be a good villain properly, and then they just get hoisted by their own petard, and then they just outdo mm. themselves. And then it's just kind of, it's like all in good fun still. I don't know. It never, that that's the only, it's like putting people down for, for being mean at the same time. It's like championing, championing, uh, yeah, these like, these uh, affable straight men like, uh, you know, Leslie Nelson-y, uh, Carrie Yules and Gene Wilder a little bit. It's just kind of like these, uh, I don't know, his, his movie kind of, has these like every man sort of uh, guys that are just like that are funny that aren't perfect that uh that try their best and that um they, they're flawed I don't know I like I like yes. the flaws uh, no James amazing mm-hmm. yeah uh, it, totally and because that's who Mel Brooks is and I love that about him is that he the he is so incredibly relatable and funny and amazing and i love the shit out of them yeah i like this movie a lot 
it's not his best because it's not that original. There's a lot of um, just contrived shit. And I, I, I'm, now I'm beating a dead horse. Um, but I would give this movie an 89%. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. Amazing. Amazing. We loved it. We, we love this movie. This was, uh, I do, yeah. this was a fun last couple of weeks doing these comedies after uh, a slew uh, of, of horror movies, a sleigh, if you will, of horror mm. movies. And now we'll go on to a different sleigh. If you know what I mean. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Claus down. If I'm, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, we did decide on our on our next movie. Correct. I'm that is to, for our Christmas episode. What's we the, haven't decided our movie? next movie. Oh, we only decided we, the one after that. Yeah. Really. So, can I uh, toss out a vocal bit for this part of the show? Yes. It's this time that we don't know what to pick. It's <laughs> maybe gonna be the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. We're, what, here we I don't are. know what the next segment movie. is called. Uh, maybe, maybe movie. Maybe movie time. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe time for movie. Maybe time for next movie. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe mo- ah, I don't. I'm trying to do alliteration. It's not working out too well. <laughs> it's it's movie picking time. We're picking the next movie. We don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna happen, and we're gonna go on the process. Join us as we go on the journey. I'm picking a movie. <laughs> it's gonna be polarizing, temperaturizing. There's a lot that could rhyme with polarizing. Uh, this is probably our best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've hit our stride. Yeah, I think we. Yeah. How many episodes? How many episodes did it take? What are we on right now? Twenty uh, something. I want to say like twenty five or something. Ah, something like that. Oh man, I think wow. it might be like twenty five. Some something. Yeah, that but, sounds uh, right. Yeah, we're we're in our Carrie Yule's prime right now. If you're wondering. Oh uh, man. This Smoke is, show. This is our Princess Bride. Is this episode? Yeah, is a this is the Princess Bride of our episode. So, um, <laughs> so just expect a saw in, in the future. <laughs> oh, wait, a what? A saw? A saw oh, in oh, the future? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. You'll you'll see us in like fifteen years. We'll still be doing this. Podcast. You'll see us. <laughs> you'll carry. You'll see us. Yes, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> and not just any Yule, but also Yule's. a Yule log, if you will. Oh, multiple and slaves. And here we are. We are okay. <laughs> we're here. We're we're here, folks. Um, so we're gonna hold off on holiday. Mo- we're we're just gonna do one holiday movie then. Is uh, not. Yeah. So we got the two holiday movies charted out. So the next movie is, is gonna be a movie that we're. So. What I would uh, I'm gonna toss this to you, James, is that yes, yes. after seeing two movies that are very silly. Like, what would you like the next movie, like type of movie to be? Yeah, I guess it can't, it can't be a comedy. Um, you know, uh, I guess the, if you were to pick an opposite of a comedy, it would be a drama. It doesn't have to be an opposite. But Are you feeling an opposite? Like, Cause no, not necessarily. I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of like something, something fresh and fresh and different. 
Um, that, oh, okay. you know, that okay. would, that would be good, but it's, uh, I'm taking a, another glance at our list. Um, oh man, there's this other comedy that, that sounds good, but uh, we can't do, we can't do another one. Um, I guess, so we're not trying to fit a theme. We're just trying to, we're just trying to watch a movie, right? I would say we, we mentioned, um, we mentioned Armageddon. I'd say that one sounds kind of, uh, kind of interesting. Um, I would also say uh, Night at the Roxbury, if we do just want to keep going comedy and just do like three, three comedies in a row before Christmas time. Um, either that or yeah, like, yeah, like an action movie sounds kind of cool. Like what's, what's, I see I have law abiding citizen here. What is that? Yeah. I'm going to take a, take a quick look at that. Something, yeah. Something about like an action movie sounds kind of, sounds kind of cool. How, we haven't, what's like a, it was American outlaws that we did. I didn't really like that one. Law abiding citizen is 26% critics, 75% audience. You've been polarized. Is uh is what that movie says at at the end of it, um. So yeah, I don't know. Those I guess that would be I'd say like action, Marmageddon, Law Binding Citizen, um. Oh, there's this, Haywire by Steven Soderbergh. I believe I've, I kind of, remember that movie, but it was also very forgetful. Uh, eighty percent critics, forty one percent audience for Haywire. Um, is there any of those sounding sounding good? Haywire sounds good. This is the um, 2006? 2011. Oh, okay. Uh, if you'd like to read oh. the synopsis, is uh, Mallory Kane, yeah. Gina Carano, is a highly trained operative for a government secret security contractor. Her missions take her to the world's most dangerous areas after Mallory su- successfully frees a hostage journalist. She's betrayed and left for dead by someone in her own agency. Knowing her survival depends on learning the truth behind the double cross, Mallory uses her black ops training to set up a trap. But when things go awry, Mallory knows she'll die unless she can turn the tables on her adversary. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, Yeah, starring uh, Gina Carano, Michael Fassbender, Ewan McGregor, Bill Paxton, Janning Tatum, Antonio Banderas, Michael Douglas. Uh, A real slew of... of, uh, dudes that she just kicks all of their asses uh, spoiler alert but she just kicks a lot of ass in in this movie from what i remember is all i really remember um yeah that's i guess i already read the synopsis do you want to do this one yep i do okay let's do haywire uh a soderberg vehicle um 2011 great well i'm gonna I'm going to wrap up here. It's been, it's been real. It's been, we've, we've established, uh, multiple things to carry on. We got diff pins. We got, uh, <laughs> we got maybe, maybe movie central. I don't know what that's going to be, but that's something. Um, we're, we're setting up, we're setting up our, uh, our segments here. So <laughs> this is just going to be a well-oiled, uh, polarized machine here. Um, but this has been a true pleasure as always, Mr. Brandini. Um, if you care to send us a line, uh, request, uh, idea, uh, criticism, anything at all, uh, you can reach us at polarizedthepod at gmail.com, polarizedpod on Twitter, polarizedpod 
on Twitch is when we stream uh, occasionally. Yeah, well, every time we, this is how we record is, <laughs> is through Twitch, but it's just uh, not always on the same day. This but is we, how you get front row seats to these discussions. <laughs> you can see the process. You can see, yeah, well, we got a bunch of, uh, we we talk a bunch leading up to the recording and, and, and we shoot the shit and then we, we get into it uh, with the movie. So yeah, you can join us for the, for the process if you'd like and who yeah, knows if you, if you type stuff in the chat you know we can read it out in the episode and you can you can uh have your have your voice heard in the infinitesimal <laughs> infinitesimal i can't even fucking say the word why oh, am i even trying why am I trying to say this bitch. word infinitesimal i can't talk i'm gonna give up why am i trying to say a fancy word i can't say way uh you can have your voice w-h-e-y yes uh and on that note <laughs> we will wrap it up. Uh, Brandon, is there anything you wanted to say? <laughs> I would like to end all the episodes from here on. We, we will we'll wrap, wrap it, it up. It up. Um, no, uh, uh, polarized the pod at Gmail is how you can reach us. Uh, feel free to send any like comments, critiques, anything like that to us. Uh, please uh, follow us on Twitter at the polarized pod, polarized pod, polarized pod without the, the only one that has the is Gmail, I believe. Gmail. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it. Just plugging our own shit. Like I'm, we're pumping, pumping it out. Yeah, we we stream uh, our personally me and me and this guy. Uh, we do our own personal video game streams every now and then too. If you care to join, Disco us. Volante, right here. Yeah, Disco Volante, crushing it, crushing it. You're getting you're getting streams, dude. Getting those streams I love in. It. It's been fun. I love it. It's been a fun way to pass the time and uh, socialize while while doing some games. Who knows? You know, if 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 you want to follow us here on Polarized Pod, you can do watch parties as well. Um, right and we would love if anyone wants to join us for a watch party of a movie or something uh that's that's totally a possibility we can start start yeah. together and then this guy is out we'll plug each other is nympho fanny pack pack boom boom at, on uh, used on to Twitch. dj and i will eventually right now i'm just self-conscious about djing but i'll get back you and me both man but i i your djing on twitch kind of started kind of started this in a funny way because i would watch you dj on twitch and i'm like wow he's really good at this i'm i'm impressed and this is so cool i gotta get on this this looks fun yeah. and uh it's fun it's, it's fun. fun yeah yeah it's fun uh socialize it's a fun social network thing because i don't have uh we're also just creating uh like yeah just a, such a wonderful collection of our passion mm-hmm. and what we do and i hope that uh anybody out there just like yeah, I don't know. There's so many ways to have a creative outlet online nowadays mm-hmm. and just totally take advantage of it because, like, Definitely. that's what's fucking cool. Like, get out there and just be yourself. Um, and yeah, anyways, I couldn't agree more. And this has been very fulfilling uh, to be able to express ourselves and use our use our voices uh, and also me and you connect in, in uh, different cities and <laughs> we, we maintain sure. our, our friendship Um and uh yeah glad you guys can take the ride i hope that the friend language is a term that we like to use in in our our group of friends is uh i hope the friend language that we're putting out there uh 
is transcending into your, into your earbuds. Um, speaking of buds, bud, it's been real. Yeah, it has been (laughs) chief. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. It's, uh, it's about time we hit the old dusty trail then. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) Right. out, partner. (laughs) All right. Sorry. I got so, how do you say howdy? What's the howdy for a goodbye? What's a howdy? What's a farewell? Yes. See you later. All right. Well, I'll see you later. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye.